Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you own a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Get in touch with Evan Orvath or contact one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecast or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to go check them out and use promo code BFP123 for $5 off your shipping costs on orders over $20. We would also like to thank Any Racing News, The Graphics Coop, and Daniel Eugene Photography for their support, and of course, the pals over on Patreon. If you haven't yet, go over to patreon.com slash blackflaggedpodcast and subscribe for $4.69 a month. You get some merchandise discounts, some monthly giveaways, and of course, some exclusive content. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provision away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh, Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good all right boys and girls this is going to be episode 174 of the black flag podcast as always i am charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii to my left is bradley saucier that's at b sauce 96 and to his left is bobby timmons that's at bobby timmons 13 together we are at black flag pod on all things social media more importantly that is on the patreon app so head on over to wherever you get your apps from look up patreon then look up the black flag podcast so you can get some merchandise discounts yet dick counts uh, and uh, eventually we might have to get into dick counts. Might, on that might have to get hold the counts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all sorts of cool extra content over there too. So uh, a weekend in which we were split, but uh, two of you were together. Uh, Friday happened, and you fellas went to connect to cut. We did, yeah. I think that we should probably start on Wednesday. Uh, Bob Bob had a race on Wednesday. About at, a, uh, year's wor- oh, a year's worth. Yeah. A year's worth of shit happened in the last week. I think. Yeah, it's gonna be a jam packed show. So buckle the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday was uh, a lot of fun. Said nobody ever that was driving super modifieds except for probably Dave Helliwell, Jimmy Stores, and Ben Tinker. Had a good little field. Eighteen cars on a Wednesday. Um, terrible race. Terrible race to be a part of. Um, hopefully, I doubt it, uh, that it was any better to watch. Just one of those races where if you drew one, you were going to finish one or two. Uh, if Basically, one guy drew up front and fell out. I passed one car. I drew eighth. Or no, I drew tenth and finished eighth. And it was just a single file freight train for 40 laps without a caution. It's very tough to race these cars on American Racer tires with a lot of Hoosier rubber on the ground. To the point where I race asphalt, I use tear-offs to protect my visor from being sandblasted. I had to pull a tear-off in the heat race because I was getting absolutely batted in the face with rubber balls because our f- heat races followed the modified heat races. And I don't know what the answer is to fix it or make the racing better on a day like that other than just change brand of tires, but it'd be very dumb to have a touring series change a brand of tires just for one race. So I think you just kind of suck it up and... Um, not all races are great races. Some are better than others. I'll certainly take a caution free 40 lap nose to tail race with no passing versus the demo derby that we had at Lee a few weeks ago. Um, but irregardless, still a good little field on a Wednesday. Fun to get back to Seekonk. Um, shout out to the smack tour for giving me a plaque, uh, for being the first driver in history to start a race, get out of the race car, go into the grandstands, hang out with some fans and then go back into the race and finish <laughs> in the top five. So 
<laughs> you was... actually got a plaque for that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hollywood gave me a dedication award plaque um, at Seekonk for my efforts at Lee. Um, in hindsight, it probably wasn't worth the extra $200 I got, but either way, it makes for a hell of a story. So That's actually pretty cool. It is It is cool. and uh, I didn't stick around much for the modifieds. I, I got up onto the... the, the grandstands and looked at all the people and said, I am never going to get out of here. And I walked right back down to the pits and left. So I, uh, I actually didn't even know Matt Hirschman won. I just kind of assumed it until Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> always, always a safe assumption that uh, Matt Hirschman won. Uh, our good buddy Woody was, uh, was up front for quite a while and uh, fell back a little bit, finished fourth, I believe. But um, yeah, no, Matt Hirschman uh, took home the big payday and, in. So basically, on the, when I'm the when I was on the drive down to Seekonk, I left work a couple hours early. Was like, ah, I got, I'm and I'm pretty hungry. Like I'll just grab food basically and go to the racetrack, just hang out with some pals. Then I had a couple buddies that were from around the area that were like, oh, we're gonna come to the we're gonna go to the Dublin Rose before it. So I was afraid that they were gonna go before and not after. So I'm like, ah, shit. Like you know, I'll go and hang out with them, and then I'll go back later on. So I end up inviting Blaze, our good friend Blaze. If you don't remember Blaze, he uh, is the one that uh, he's actually going to be in this show post, so you'll see him uh, in that. But he uh, also showed up to Cruising Cafe on a whim. Uh, he's from Mass, I think, um, and he just showed up to Cruising Cafe in Daytona, walked in, said that he had heard that we had talked about it basically on the podcast, and uh, just so happened that Charlie was ordering at the bar right next to him. So um, I invite Blaze to another bar, the Dublin Rose, right before Seekonk. He meets me there. And uh, I, I proceed to order w- way too much food. Um, basically ended up having, he ended up already eating, I guess, and ordering more food. There was just way too much food. So essentially it got to the point where I looked and I saw that the uh, kitchen closed at 10, knew that we were going to get back later than 10 and um, just uh, took everything to go in a to-go box and uh, came back and, and had them reheat it. So um, we ended up after the races having probably like 15 or 20 guys show up. Uh, Woody, Woody made an appearance, was the first one to buy me uh, a couple birthday beers, bought me a couple high noons, and um, we had quite the crew. And then we ended up uh, ended up at a casino at about 1 a.m. And um, you could tell that Woody listened to our show because he was um, – making a lot of references. He, he was basically watching roulette going up, up on the outside when I was playing <laughs> the outside of the table. Um, and, uh, the people that were doing the roulette definitely loved it for sure, but ended up having a quite, quite a good time. And, I like uh, they didn't. N- well, you know, whatever. <laughs> fuck, fuck them. <laughs> they actually didn't, they actually didn't mind. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't really around the table as much. It was when we were looking for the roulette table, I guess. But uh, they were really unhappy if you pulled your phone out anywhere within about two feet from the roulette table. Oh, yeah. You can't have that. Um, which was just, well, I guess not two feet, more like five feet. But you get it. Whatever. Ended up losing a little bit of money. And uh, so, yeah. That uh, that was a Wednesday. It was, it was a lot of fun. Had a... Uh, I had a good little day and um shout out know. to friend of the program Michael Pernasiglio. He finished on the podium in the Nemo Lights race. He finished third. Yep. Um, they don't oh. know if he has BFP stickers on. He has all of the Bobby Timmons merch now. Bought all that, which is cool. Yep. Not biased. Um <laughs> but he yeah, is that, a friend of the program, I think. I don't I don't think he has stickers, but uh he definitely does listen and he definitely has uh, all the Bobby Timmons merch. Saw that this weekend. So <laughs> going on to this weekend, uh Friday happens and uh I leave work at noon, Bob leaves pretty much right after me. We end up at uh the Stafford Motor Raceplex. Bobby hasn't been there in uh quite some time. Since two thousand nine. Yeah. So uh he hadn't been there in forever basically and uh so we showed up. I conveniently showed up and parked right behind uh Daniel Eugene and uh we just 
started having a couple beers in the parking lot. And um, so I had, I had contacted our good buddy Tom the Modified Guy. And if uh, you don't know who Tom the Modified Guy is, go back and listen to the Timmy Salamito episode. And um, there's it's a whole bunch of content on Tom the Modified Guy. So I had asked Tom, I was like, hey, pal, can you just do me a favor and uh, you know, help me out tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, sure. What's going on? Now, Tom's one of the only people I know that's typically wandering around the pit area just like myself. You know, he does have some things to do, but I figured that, you know, let's just do this pretty quick. We'll, we'll do like a little grid walk style, you know, interview and, and uh, you know, we'll just basically go around and interview all the drivers while they're just chilling, you know, in between practices and stuff. So I tell Tom, you know, ask Tom, I guess, the night before. He said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, throughout the day, I'm like, all right, like I'll let you know when I get there, whatever. So I just, I just messaged him. I was like, hey, pal. You know, and that's when we were out in the parking lot, gas and beers. So I'm waiting for him to respond. 20 minutes goes by. We walk into the pits. You know, we're, we're basically just standing by the entrance. You know, another 20 minutes goes by. We're like, all right, well, let's go wander around the pit area. Another 20 minutes goes by. And it is no colder than 98 fucking degrees outside. Brad's so, getting cunty at this point. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I already run way too hot like on a winter day let alone a 98 degree day when people aren't doing what they said they were going to so tom was late to work essentially um ended up showing up about an hour and a half later and uh you know ended up helping us out a little bit but it was it was tough because it was just late enough where everyone that had something to do was doing something or yeah, not by their cars so spoiler alert race car drivers get busy during practice <clears throat> yeah especially so like early in the day like when we first walk into the pit it was perfect because just standing at the entrance i could see all of our buddies that we but i basically messaged uh, on the way down and i was just like hey like if you guys are on your car like we're just gonna come up to you it's gonna be like a grid walk style interview and they're like all right cool cool i was like i just want to give you a heads up like in case i just walk up with a microphone ambush you um and so you know we start walking by where josh Carey parks which is as far down the pit area as you can from one side then we start walking down the other side we walk past j i told jason chapman i was coming to interview him i looked over he wasn't there i just kept walking and then i was like oh, i'll try to find junior well junior was like the, one of the next cars he wasn't over there we get to the other side of the pit area no one's outside of their cars everyone's in their trailer we get a nice pick from jj and um then we basically turn around and go all the way down the other side because I was like, I want to get this so it's easier to clip because I know that we're going to have a really small amount of time. The Another reason why I was a pain in the ass that Tom waited so long was that I had to edit all these and post them as soon as humanly possible. So I was like, I just want to get one long video and edit it down. So I wanted to start at the end of like the street stocks and the walk by the pals that we knew and got their pick, get their picks for SRX and just, you know, entertain and stuff like that. So um, ended up just being a, giant clusterfuck got like four or five guys um and friday night could not have been more of a you either win or flip type of night let's just say that you know we interviewed josh Carey. he's one of the first ones that we talked to did he win uh no but he did flip bub <laughs> i he remember did flip I yeah was there um and, while we uh, had hot mics on yes yes we were wearing hot mics there eventually will be a video there was a couple uh, hot mic situations we were wearing hot mics basically the whole we basically whole night, stole but. we stole a play out of the sids view um videos from like waterford where brad and i had hot mics and somebody behind us was filming and uh, just listens to just brad and i's comments of uh um, yeah. the events going on yeah uh, i told josh Carey as he was sliding down the backstretch on his roof hey good thing he's number 69 because the number still reads the same even though he's on his roof. 
Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Williams, I believe I called him a whistle dick. <laughs> uh, and then proceeded to yeah. tell him how there's no grit there's no grip down in the grass clippings, my man. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I got to go back and edit and edit some. Like, uh, there's a bunch of videos. There's more than just those two situations. But uh, it was pretty fun. Um, obviously, hanging out with a bunch of the pals and just, you know, gassing beers in the stands at Stafford. It was cool That's... to meet all the Stafford pals. You know, I didn't really know everybody like you did. And I got there, and they all knew me. Uh, I didn't know any of them, which was cool. At least five occasions mostly on friday was hey you know love the show or love what you guys are doing don't know who most of those people were my favorite one was brad and i are walking up brad walks by this guy who clearly looks like he wants to talk to us and stops me and says hey man love the show like appreciate what you guys do uh you know if you guys need more srs tickets we got tickets whatever and shot the shit and i was like yeah well you know brad's right there and he's like yeah and just didn't care to talk to Brad at all. Just wanted to talk to me. So that was, that was pretty neat. I loved that for Brad. Usually it's attractive females that don't want to talk to me. But <laughs> that's fine. Um, I also feel like I was the only one wearing BFP merch, which you were definitely wearing yeah, a Mad Max shirt and a couch racer hat. Yeah, I, didn't, I just didn't really, down. didn't really do laundry uh, before we went. No no offense, Max, but uh, didn't have any clean T-shirts. And uh, the Mad Max one was close to the top. And he did win on last. He won somewhere. Uh, I think uh, Land of Legends Speedway on Thursday. So I said, ah, fuck it. I'll rep some Mad Max on Friday. Yeah. With yeah. my. Uh, Picked up the dub on my birthday. That was pretty cool. That was, that was nice of him. Yeah, it was very nice of him. It was such What a great present. Too uh, bad your other famous friend Noah couldn't do that for you. Yeah. Instead well, he wrecked a bunch of We'll shit. definitely get to that later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Friday night goes on, right? And uh, basically the races get over and. Phenomenal racing. Yes. Oh yeah. In all the divisions. Yeah, great racing. I guess. Well, the races. Uh, see, I'm just, I'm just way ahead of myself because what happened after the race. I could is, tell that's where you were getting. <laughs> I, I pumped the just, brakes for you. It's yeah. Thank you because I do have actually a lot of, a lot of uh, things down. I, um, t- I took no notes, by the way. Okay. Well, that's perfect because uh, we did. We talked to Travis Hydar uh, in the grid walk as well. He he finished third, put it on the podium again. That's uh, a pretty solid streak that he's got it was going. Cool to meet him. Told him apparently him and I are really good at not winning, but still beating everybody else. Yeah. So uh, even though we both won. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, made all the sense in the world. George Bissett, the Mad Pup. We we Bob has. I, that was the first time you met him, right? Yeah, I knew Just, who he was. Yeah, uh, obviously from watching the Stafford broadcast, but I had never mad pupped before. Yeah, every time, every time I bring up Georgie, Bob just goes the mad pup. Well, that's what they say <laughs> on the on the on the broadcast. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah, and that's obviously he doesn't him, so. really ever look mad nor like a pup, but um. Yep. Let's call him Mad Pup. Yep. So so he basically in the uh, the grid walk says that, you know, he's sick of it and he's gonna go out there and win and, and uh he boy did, all did he that. boy did he do that. So uh put it on uh, put it in victory lane, I guess, not on the podium. Um these are the podium pals, but uh there are a handful that won as as well as uh Woody. Our, yeah. our good buddy Woody. Um, is that a dick stomping if I've ever seen one? What did he say? Yeah, that what yeah he said? something like that. So yeah, but so I'm so glad that you stopped me because we were f- 40 laps into it. Well, actually, no. I think we might have been 30 laps into an 80-lap race. And at one point, Bob and I look at each other, and we're like, "We, if he wins, we got to go down to victory lane, right? I don't even think it was an if he wins. It basically, I think I just said, so we're going to victory lane when he wins this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was something along those lines. And, and mind you, 50 laps to go in a open mod race is a lot. An eternity. Lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, essentially, Bob's like, ah, I probably just jinxed him. Nope. No, uh, Woody absolutely dicks down the field, and uh, as as I was, we were running across the inter- I've never been to the inter- I've never been to Victory Lane at Stafford, um, and uh, I didn't even know that was a, really a thing. So basically, run across, and and Woody sees us. We were one of the first ones to run up there. I feel like, and he's just like. How'd you like that dick stomping or something? It's right. I was right on the video. He climbs out, celebrates, and it's just, uh, it was cool to see him win again. That's obviously back to back wins. The and power move and... for us was to get in line at the fence behind his oldest daughter. 
because she told everybody with any form of authority that she was his daughter, and uh, that that carved a really good uh, way for us to just get right in, into victory lane without any hassle. Yeah, perfect. I don't know that there would have been any hassle, but I was wondering how we, we ended up getting there so quick. And, yeah, we were at the front of the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was awesome. Ended up having some beers with him after uh, and uh, just shot the shit and then finally made our way out into uh, the parking lot, which I believe we on Friday night we stopped at, like, the – entrance to the pits kind of uh right over there on the side of the fence and just gas some beers for a little bit yeah, was some Mitchie bags over there yeah Mitchie bags woody came out ryan flores um, oh, yep. came out and we shot the shit with him for a little bit before he had to go back get a uh, home and um justin williams i think yep hey charlie we losing you over there no, I'm trying to find some stuff <laughs> sorry <laughs> um yeah i don't it, things started to get blurry at that point in the night there was a lot yeah that we were on the gas from the minute that we rolled into the parking lot until very, very uh, we early morning hours. We certainly put the gas down after we were done getting interviews because you and I went back to the car so you could edit and we could sit in the AC because it was hot. Oh, yeah. So so that's true. But then we get back in the stands, end up gassing some beers up there, and then made our way out to the parking lot with the people that Bob just mentioned. And uh, I believe at uh, one point in the night, uh, I think it was Mitchie Bag said, hey – that camper down there has a hot tub. And we were like, okay. Um, See, I didn't know that. I could just hear the music playing. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure someone said that they Probably. got a hot tub no, I'm down there. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I, I just... think I think it was Mitchie Bags, but I knew, we also definitely could hear the music playing. There wasn't – I don't know actually what was going on because that was really the only camper that we could hear. So we were on the other side of the parking lot. We're like, well, we're eventually going to make our way over there. So we were just standing there for a while. More, more and more people came in um, to our our little gaggle of people that were drinking in the parking lot. And then – we're like, all right, let's go check out this hot tub. So we go over there, and the the this is all incredibly blurry to me because I don't remember getting there. What do you mean? You were only or, in your underwear covered in Sharpies, Marks. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember getting over there. I don't remember meeting the dude that owns the hot tub, and I don't know how we ended up in the hot tub, but I do remember... Uh, eventually, I think I probably sobered up when I was extraordinarily wet from the hot tub. Um, uh, I remember right about, right about the time you were negotiating with police officers. Okay, no, because I do remember that. I definitely <laughs> that sobered the shit out of me. But so I'm sitting in the hot tub, and I remember that there was just there's about as many fucking wieners as that hot in that oh fucking, giant sausage that, fest. Oh my god, in that hot tub, then fucking chestnut put down yesterday on ESPN sixty three or whatever, but. Yeah, it was an there absolute... may have been 63 <laughs> men in this little inflatable hot tub. Because I, I remember at one point, like, there was only a few of us in there, and then all of a sudden, the whole entire... There was, like, standing room only on the outside, <laughs> and there was people on the... It was just bizarre. Uh, I don't know where half the people came from. I actually um, found out that Deej Treadow was over there yep, he came because over. Um, of... I don't remember him being there, but I do remember uh, seeing his name signed on my chest. Yep. So that's how I knew that he was there. You were um, like you were like everyone's passport. I was. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and so the, so what Bob had mentioned, the police came over at one point and said, turn the music down. And so what we did was we turned the music down. Well, then... I don't know, and again, I don't know anyone that was really over there that owned anything that was over there. Um, and so then the, they turn the music back up, and the police come back over. And uh, when the police came back over, I'm pretty sure that's when we were standing room only double file in a hot tub that was made for four people. Um, so then the cops come over, they get out, they start talking, and they tell said person, I believe, that owned the hot tub to turn the music down, into which... They responded, um, no. 
and then or they kept saying we will okay they we well we so, will so they said we will but then they never did so yeah, then spoiler that they were not you could tell you could tell that it was getting contentious and heated so naturally the voice of reason has to get out of the hot tub in his underoos signed <laughs> all over with sharpies and talk to authority you know um, and it so, was a little alarming because it wasn't a black Sharpie. It was a purple Sharpie. So Bradley looked wounded <laughs> as if he had been struck several times by a bear. Ugh. Yeah. So I get out of the hot tub. I go over. And at this point, this guy has made so much of a fuss that there is, I think, three police officers there. And there is a bunch of people with their cell phones out because they assume that this, these police officers are probably going to strike this man. The guy, one of the guys with the phone goes, everyone take their phone out and start recording. They can't do that because the guy touched the dude's phone and turned the music down after he asked 45 times to do so. And the guy refused. So then he comes over and puts the camera in my face. And I'm like, why would I take my camera out? These guys are being incredibly reasonable. All they asked for was the music to be turned down. And the guy then like, puts his camera down and like turns it off and then the guy starts mouthing back like at me and goes like they can't touch my fucking phone like that's a that's a violation of my like privacy oh, i'm like God. what do you have fucking hidden on there Shut bob's up. like bob's like yeah. the guy probably just confessed to a triple homicide this. on his and his fucking text messages or something yeah, it's either that or child <laughs> porn yeah or, i mean like or dude, too many let's go brandon memes i can't even tell you how many fucking like times the guy just nicely calmly peacefully asked the cops the were being down. super chill like they didn't want to arrest anybody you know they even at one point they're like what you know what do you basically what are you guys doing here you because brad it's like we don't know these guys and like well what are you doing here and brad's like well they had a hot tub <laughs> and the guy's like well fair enough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like the, yeah i think that when I, I first walked over the cop thought that i was like on this dude's side like i was friends with this dude like i was gonna mouth back off to him like this guy was and so I, I like looked at the dude. I was like, dude, just turn down the music. And the guy would just kept refusing and kept refusing until the cop touched his phone. And then he went fucking berserk. And the, yeah, the cop like asked, he was like, do you, do you know this guy? And I was like, no. So like, who do you know over here? I was like, I think everyone in the hot tub. <laughs> so why are you over here? Uh, they have a hot tub. So uh, that was just, it was a fucking wild <laughs> night. It all and, uh, ended. Spoiler alert. Guy ended up balled up like a lawn chair. Handcuffs <laughs> on yeah. the ground. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, big man too. And those cops folded him to fuck up. Yeah, so I had a front row stand to that, uh, covered in Sharpie and my underoos, into which when this guy finally got hauled off, off um, obviously the music got disconnected, and I am just shit-faced trying to figure out this fucking speaker. I'm, like, looking at the model, I'm looking at, like, numbers and shit, I'm looking on my Bluetooth, I'm like, how the fuck can I connect to this fucking thing? All my, like, a couple of my friends are still in the hot tub, and some other dude that was associated with the camper and hot tub comes over and goes, hey man, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to connect to the fucking speakers. He's like, yeah, you're not going to do that. You, I think you guys are going home. Like, you think, I think it, like, this party's over. And I was like, why? Why would happen? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, your buddy got arrested that owns all this shit. All right. So then we all fucking went to the parking lot. And uh... at one point, one of the dudes that was there at that campsite decided to dive straight into the uh, hot tub with a cell phone. Yeah. And the guy may have been drowning. I don't know. But I was <laughs> doing my best to try to get that cell phone off the bottom of the hot tub floor. That's nuts because I also found a hot tub on the cell phone floor. Is that what I just said? No, I also found another one. I found I found one when we first got in there, I think. Do you know what you one? just said, Brad? 
What? You, you found a hot tub on the cell phone floor? <laughs> did I say that? I thought you were mocking me because I say dumb shit like that. No, and I'm dude, like, my fucking... like did I, I can't believe I just said that. And then I'm like, no, he, he said it. <laughs> No, they're both looking that's at pretty each other easy. Like yeah. They're both stupid. Well, episode number one seventy four: a uh, cell phone, uh, hot tub on the cell phone floor. <laughs> I can't even say it wrongly right. <laughs> no, I, I had need just, to write it down. I had just fucking like got like an egregious fucking itch in my eye, so I like lifted all my shit up. That's that I the couldn't stroke even, happening. I couldn't even. No, that was before I fucking said it. That was the onslaught of the fucking stroke, I guess. But. Yeah, so phone. I found a cell phone on the hot, hot tub, tub floor, <laughs> um, and then Bob also found another one, which is fucking nuts. Um, yeah, it, it was attached to a guy. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> who may have been drowning because he was uh, even drunker than we were. Jesus, I swear I'm not even drunk. Tub? I'm not even drunk right now. This hot tub was three feet deep and four feet wide. Uh, it was not <laughs> made for any more than four. <laughs> children yeah so naturally <laughs> you had 14 people 12, oh, yeah. 12 full-grown men <laughs> yeah uh, as one does just like joey chestnut's day 63 <sighs> wieners yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh that was fun so yeah. that, was, that was friday yeah. well so we decided we got to shut her down and um you know sean foster was so super gracious to allow bradley and i to stay at his house um for the night so naturally we brought uh the entire party to sean's <laughs> I bet he'd love that. <laughs> I'm sure he was super thrilled. Um, I didn't dare to go back on Saturday night. So. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't mad, but he was definitely a little disappointed. Um, <laughs> Which is the worst well, thing to have out of your father. So the, <laughs> he, he definitely like. So this has happened. So Sean used to like shut the party down with me, and then every once in a while he would. You know, he started leaving early, and um, there's been times where the I, master of the Irish I had, goodbye. Uh, yes, and Absolute I had, and I had showed up numerous times. I think recently and. The plan all along, I would text Sean, talk to Sean throughout the day, see Sean at the track, and then Sean would just leave. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can go, if I should go over or whatever. So he had given me his address, and so I figured he knew we were coming, but he left very early. And so then we we all got in the car to go to DP Doe. Um, and spoiler alert, DP Doe apparently just wasn't open. It has nothing to do with two holes. Well, um, it certainly has a lot to do with the fact that it was two in the morning. Ah. Well, so the the problem with that is that we also went back on Saturday night, and they on their door says that they're open from seven p.m. to four a.m. We went there at two thirty, and we went there at two forty-five, and they were closed both times. So, well, little disappointed staff in that. Shortage. Little, shortage. yeah, fucking COVID employees can't find anyone to penetrate the dough. I hate when that happens. Um, Maybe chef changed to yeah. SP dough, single penetration dough. Cause <laughs> just can't find staff to do the double. Can't find enough wieners. Yeah, well, there Probably was 63 of them at Stafford in the hot tub <laughs> Friday night. We could have definitely penetrated the dough doubly. Yeah. So the... It's a lot of peens. We ended yeah, up... Yeah, a lot of peens. I'm going to scratch my eye again, so if I say something <laughs> absolutely egregious, be sure to <laughs> jot that one down, too. Bleep, bleep blorp. <laughs> I'm probably just going to take my fucking glasses off uh, because those seem to be a problem when I have headphones on. Um, what was I talking Oh, yeah. So Sean was pumped. Um, <laughs> yeah. He was we, not. We, uh... Sorry. Yeah, I don't know how we Sorry, ended up Sean. with two cars full of people, but that that definitely did happen. And uh, yeah, I rolled in Sean's hot, and you just have that on them bigger jobs, I guess. But that was uh, for the most part. That was Friday, and uh, rolled right into Saturday, where uh, the plan all along, I guess, was for all of us to, well, I, at least for me, I knew that Bob was kind of on my schedule. Was get there at ten, you know, ten 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 thirty, get 
interviews done because last year I knew that Stafford or not Stafford SRX usually has practice from 12 to two. And that is when the drivers are obviously busy and occupied and it's really hard to get interviews. So I was like, if we didn't get there at 10, 10 30, they're going to have a lot more downtime. Let's go in there early and talk to people. So I told uh, our buddy, Chris Allen, that we'd be there around 10, 10, 10 30. And uh, he showed up at nine 45 and we got there at 11 15. Um, so we, uh, got the mics all set up and, uh, went into the pits and, uh, first people that we saw was, was Paul Tracy driving out, saw Haley drive De- Deegan driving in and, uh, she ended up going to her camper or wherever she was staying. And, uh, we weren't able to get an interview there, but I was like, oh, all right, I really like going into the day. I was like, I, I Haley Deegan, I feel like it's going to be our, one of our better interviews. She's, you know, pretty animated. Like, I think it'd be pretty good to, to talk to her. So was kind of bummed out we didn't get her at the time. So then we're just standing there doing nothing and, and. We can see like Matt Hirschman, he's talking to a couple guys, um, standing next to Bill Elliott, who's talking to, I think, David Strummy, uh, a couple other guys. And so, you know, at one point, Bill Elliott looked over at me and like, I wasn't going to be pushy or even try to, you know, interrupt their conversation. Well, so then Bill Elliott looked over at me and he like, you know, kind of like gave like a head nod or whatever. And like, just kind of like looked back at his, uh, you know, whatever he had going on, whoever he was talking to, I guess. And, uh, so when he did that, I was like, ah, like maybe I'll just ask him for an interview. So I go over, ask him for an interview. I don't think he was pumped about it. He did it anyways. Well, right, are you guys here with the racetrack? Brett's again. Yeah, yeah, we're we're here um, on Stafford's media list. Guess I can't tell you no. Then he basically was like, he's like, I guess I got to do it anyway, right? And I was like, all right. And I think I think that he, I can't tell if he was serious or if he was actually joking. I think he actually might have been joking because when I watched the video back, there's a lot of times where he's just like laughing and fucking playing along with it. But and Reagan listened back to it and he was like, no, he wasn't even. He was like pretty. He was pretty relaxed. He's pretty chill. Like, cause I the first right off the bat, like I was like shaking because I was like, "Fuck, he doesn't want to be interviewed. He doesn't want to be interviewed. Doesn't want to be interviewed." Boy, didn't you kick the interview off? Yeah, I kicked the interview off fucking perfectly by saying, "Yeah, yeah, first time out at uh, SRX this year," and uh, he's like, "Wrong." I got fuck. Uh, all right. Well, so right right on to the next question, and eventually told me he'd race Pensacola the first week. That makes sense because I didn't watch Pensacola. I did watch South Boston though, and he was not at South Boston. So um, that went off with a bang. Uh, went over and interviewed Matt Hirschman. That was pretty cool. Um, and Matt uh, um, generally aware of what we do here. He yeah. says, "Oh, one of you photoshopped my face onto Justin's after Manadnock," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's because you won that race." <laughs> and he just stared at me with the blank stare of a soulless monster and I'm like he might have thought that was funny not a, <laughs> from what I've heard he's not a big jokester very dry um, very serious human being so that was right then I was like okay we'll dial it back a little <laughs> bit um, I don't even remember if I asked him a question oh no I did I asked him if he if he won this SRX race if his brother Tony would take him to an amusement park and he chuckled yeah and said yeah Tony gets out and about uh, way more often than I do and that was the end of that so yeah no, was, um, I'll put it in my Twitter bio that I made Matt Hirschman kind of laugh. It was, nice uh, no, all in all, I think it was a pretty good interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it ended up going a lot better than I thought it was going to. Went way better uh, than the Bill Elliott one. I couldn't even yeah. hear Bill Elliott. Um, and I didn't have anything for him anyway. So he kind of just like looked at me and I was like, yeah, man, I got nothing. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was hard because we, we, I mic'd Bob up. He had a lapel mic on the whole time and I was holding the actual mic. So anything that Bob said would come over if I didn't reach the microphone in front of the person's face. You could still hear what he was saying. So I just figured that Bob would intervene whenever he wanted to, but it is hard to well, interview. Well, and I, I have learned, especially after Saturday, that I'm not an interview guy. I, that's not me. I, I am certainly way better 
at just having a conversation off the record with someone than I am when you put a microphone in my face, which even surprised me a little bit, but I certainly was like, wow, good thing Brad's good at this because I brought nothing to the table here for these interviews. Well, the good news is that Brad thinks he's absolutely fucking terrible at it, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit because... Um well, okay, so no, it actually got better and better throughout the day because we interviewed Matt Hirschman, then we went to the infield. Uh, well, so no, first we go over and we ask Tony Stewart, which it was a dumb question on my part because you he did, had just... You did wait 23 seconds before they were supposed to go out for practice. I also waited 20 minutes on the other side of the walkway, and I knew that practice was approaching, practice was approaching. Drivers are walking by with their fire suits, and he gets done with a conversation. Someone asks him something, and he's like, no, nah, I got to get ready for practice. And then what does my fucking dumbass do? Walk up to Tony. Hey, man, uh, can we bug you for an interview real quick? And he just goes, no. no. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Well, now Uncle Tony's fucking mad at me. And then he kind of looked at me and he's like, yeah, I didn't mean to like come off that aggressively. I just, I, I got to get ready. I got to go practice. Yeah. He's like, I, I, didn't, like mean, I didn't mean to be rude there. Like, yeah, dog, we get it. Yeah. I, was like, I, don't, I tried to tell him it was a bad idea. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we ended up walking into the infield and at this point, like I'm kind of bummed cause I'm like, damn, we only got two interviews and like I, I did want to, I didn't want to be down there for two straight hours. I kind of figured you'd be like stuck in there for two hours um, but everyone didn't practice it quite as long. So, uh, uh, we're only in there for about an hour. It's pretty cool. See everyone, you know, going to work on the things and practicing, you know, in pairs almost and, uh, just small groups, stuff like that, whatever. And, uh, seeing them come in and debrief and then go back out. And so eventually like an hour later, you know, we, we're basically sitting on the wall just right next to Haley Deegan the whole hour. Um, and Chase yeah, we, we chose like a wall just to sit on and it like, it wasn't intentional. It just happened to be that's where she parked her car the entire time. Yeah. Um, The most funny conversation I think I had with anybody was her car chief. Um, I asked the guy, I'm like, you know what, what can you guys change on these things? He's like, well, you can fuck with the air pressure a little bit. Uh, you can put one or two rounds in or out of the rear shocks or one rubber in the rear. That's it. Can't touch nothing in the front. I'm like, all right, I see pretty boxed in. And then the guy comes over and all the cars had made one run at this point, and Matt Hirschman was the slowest car there by far, which was odd because really? those turds were slow. So it's not like he was struggling to get up to speed. And a guy comes over and he's like, oh, yeah, Hirschman's already saving tires. And the guy's like, well, you can save tires all you want. All that matters is it's got fenders on it at the end of the race. <laughs> and he looks at me and says, you knock a fender off this bitch, it gets real tight. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this guy. I don't even know his name, but I want to interview him. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we were sitting next to, like, uh, well, sitting r- right next to Haley's car, obviously, sitting next to Chase Cabry the whole time, which was cool because uh, at one point, uh, our good buddy Chris Allen, who, who was tagged along, was talking to him about, you know, doing their vlogs and, you know, what goes into it and everything that they do and stuff like that. And so I, at one point, I interjected and, and uh, was just like, ah, Chase, like, I don't know if you remember us, but uh, we, we were trying to get you guys on the podcast at one point. And, uh, I was just like, our buddy T Cox put us in a, in a group chat with you on Snapchat. It's literally still on there. It's still called Black Flag Podcast. He's like, oh, right, that's right. He's like, that was like a year ago or a couple years ago. And I was like, yeah, it was, it was actually pretty a uh, pretty long time ago. But and uh, I was like, it's nice to finally meet you. He's like, oh hell yeah, man. So whatever, practice goes over, uh, gets over, and uh, Michael Waltrip's kind of just sitting next to his car. So I go over there and I ask him for an interview, and they fire up a couple of the cars to go to the uh, go to the front stretch. And so Michael's like, oh, let's go do the interview, you know, over there where it's a little bit quieter. So I had already went over and talked to Michael for a little bit and was just like, hey, like, I don't know if you remember us, but uh, we're going to have to come bug you for an interview at some point again. And I was like, we interviewed you one time at this dive bar in Florida. I don't know if you remember. And he's just like, I knew I knew you guys from somewhere. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I fucking knew you'd remember us. 
Uh, not often I feel like you go into a bar and get interviewed, but that's just kind of our MO. So <clears> Not just up- any bar. The cruising, cruising cafe. cafe. Yeah. An so, absolute fixture in the BFP Daytona trips. Yes. Yeah. Stickers all over every car in that there. That airbrushed tile yeah. that Charlie paid <laughs> a fucking mortgage payment to have. Uh, yeah. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> we didn't stop you. No. No. I didn't stop myself either. Yeah. <laughs> it's there forever though. Yeah. That's true. So we uh, we start the interview off with Michael and it was... Probably the best interview, I think. He, he was just he, so loose it, and just didn't Yeah, it was almost like it was a breath of fresh air for him because that CBS producer was definitely bugging the fuck out of all those guys. There was this one CBS producer. Hey, yeah, uh, just hang tight one minute. We'll come back and interview. And then that guy would just go fuck off for 20 minutes. I watched him do it to like four different drivers. So we had kind of fucked up and we wanted Bobby Labonte, but this guy had done that to Labonte like four times. And I was like, oh, he's already irritated. And then we interviewed him and... You could tell he just wasn't really interested in anything we had to say. And then, of course, me being me, I'm like, oh, I bet I can make everybody laugh at home by asking a dumb question. I knew he wrecked his tour type modified Wednesday night at, at Caraway. So I'm like, oh, what, you know, didn't want to bring the tour type car to race you know, last night in the open 80. And he's like, yeah, not much left of it. Like, that was it. Like, yeah, I, I knew that. That was a dumb question. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, man, that backfired. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I, I was trying to intentionally be stupid, like <laughs> hoping it would, it just didn't. And then you caught, you got caught being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when my Can't stupid, say that. stupid, Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when my stupid's hanging out. <laughs> You're really stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that made it oh, any better. That was a self-check if <laughs> I've ever seen one. Yeah. Uh, hard on the binders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back, back it up. Check up. Check up. But no, the Michael Waltrip interview was ripped, awesome. He ripped the e-brake like those cops that came in next to the fucking <laughs> talking D one drifter over here, Bradley. And I think I think Mike likes anytime we bring up his beer because like he's just trying to sell shit, and he's like, eh, one of these will turn any asshole into a good person." And me and Brad both simultaneously go, "We're gonna need many." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, it was awesome though because he went. I knew that that question would get him because Ryan Henry Ray absolutely junked him uh, the week before at South Boston, and uh, I think that he, he was just like, "I just got flat dumped after the race," so I was like. Oh, like you, you guys talk after the race or whatever, and uh, you guys get to share a beer. And, uh, and is he even worthy of one of your uh, your tasty beers? And then that's when he was just like, "Oh, good, uh, ice cold beer can uh, can turn any asshole into a good person." <laughs> and he's just like, "I'd love to have a beer." He's like, "I appreciate what you guys do, and I'd love to have a beer with you too." And I was like, "Fucking sweet, that's sweet, sweet man." You know, <laughs> like that's that's pretty cool, cool and sweet at the same time. Sweet, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are having a night, dude. Dude, I'm just off the chip right now because like we uh, this is the first time in forever that we actually have something to fucking talk about, or at least I do, because it's always like, you know, what happened throughout our weeks, and it's like our weekends don't like I don't usually do fucking a ton of shit, so it's all so much packed into one that uh, the all day today and yesterday I was just sitting there like, what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna talk about? So. Yeah, it was pretty quick, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we go over and interview Alan Beswick. How would while, you, wait? How would you spell it? Cute Q W E E T or K W? Uh, uh, I was thinking, I was thinking C Q. because cool is C, so C W E E T. Well, were you going for sweet or cool? Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> That's why it came out queet. I was trying to do cool. both. Like, well, I thought, uh, to be honest, I think said queef at first. I was like, that doesn't apply to this sentence at all. No, <laughs> no. I can't wait for uh, Woody Pickat to just message all of us on Facebook just saying queet. queet. Yeah. <laughs> Clitterally. Uh, he does that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. Uh, so we, uh, yeah, while we were waiting for Bobby Labonte, because he got pulled away by the CBS producer, finally. Um, like, oh, let's interview Alan Beswick. And, uh, he that- actually looks surprised that he's like... Uh, you want to interview me? 
Like yeah. he, he kind of, yes. I think we caught him a little bit off guard. Yeah, because I don't think he was expecting to be I interviewed. Could, he was just kind of there, bebopping around, shooting the shit with everybody. Because he was kind of doing what we were doing, just behind the wall for the longest time, just chilling. And so, like, I think he was surprised that we eventually finally asked him. But and it got it. I could tell that he was kind of surprised. So naturally, like, I start off by not introducing that, him at all. Well, no, I start <laughs> off by saying he's the goat. Like, he's like one of my like idols, basically, like the best interviewer of all time. Like, inter- or not interviewer, but broadcaster, I guess. And so then. The the problem with uh, how the interview started was it went on such a long tangent of uh, how like much he's my favorite broadcaster that then Michael Waltrip comes up behind the camera and starts giving us tips and stuff and I just completely get derailed and like it's actually perfect when someone does something like that because formal formality scares the living fuck out of me. Uh, it's very pretty much well documented. I just don't like. I just think it's. Like, I don't even like weddings. Like, I at the wedding that I was the best man at, I was just the whole time, like, shaking, just like, uh, I'm going to, what if I accidentally say cunt? Um, so, <laughs> so basically, like, when someone else fucks the interview up, it is perfect. So, Michael Waltrip comes over, and uh, he's just like, now, nah, he's a professional talker. He's like, you guys better, you know, be on your A game, or whatever the fuck he said. And uh, so, that made it perfect. Lightened the mood so much every time Michael came over and did something like that, too. So, the Alan Bestwick one was super cool, and... Uh, then uh, when we went over and interviewed Bobby Bonnie right after, Michael also photobombed the shit out of it, video bombed it, whatever. <laughs> Made for a great picture that actually Reagan took on Chris's camera while Chris was filming. Yeah. Apparently Reagan, uh, pretty good little photographer. He Daniel Eugene's like, yep, I'm just going to fucking quit. Yeah. I don't need to do this anymore if yeah. it's that fucking easy. Yeah, so that was that was super cool, and uh, it th- those he last was joking obviously, but... <laughs> it was a short interview with Bobby Labonte, and, and he had already been bugged for so long that like, I was expecting the worst almost, but when Michael did that, it actually just did lighten the mood quite a bit and ended up making for a pretty decent interview. And uh, I was cool. And like I was telling Sean yesterday or two days ago, golf, whatever. <clears throat> I literally woke up to a cardboard cutout in his room of Texas Terry staring at me. <laughs> and then I interviewed his brother on the fucking in the infield of Stafford Motor Speedway a little bit later. So life comes at you fast. And uh, no, so so we uh, basically after that interview was over, we started walking off. And uh, we were like, all right, let's let's just go have some beers. Like we crushed it. Like it was way better than Friday because Friday's interviews were such a clusterfuck. There wasn't much downtime, and I was just so like irritated. I was like, fucking a man. Like I had such a good plan. Like it was gonna be so cool because we don't get a lot of video content, and uh, it all just backfired. And then Saturday made up for it tremendously. And so we're walking off, <clears throat> and we take the right out of the pits to uh, to basically leave and go out to the the parking lot and have some beers. And I see like just basically a girl woman black hair basically walking behind this truck and it was they were eventually going to walk out into where we were standing so i'm like as we're walking and leaving walking the other way i turn around i'm like wait was that Haley deegan and uh chris i think like goes up ahead and goes yeah yeah it's it, that's Haley." i was like oh cool so we walk up to Haley, and we already been shooting the shit with chase it was the first time we talked to Haley, but uh started the interview with her and and uh like same thing with the michael walter one it was super cool because uh chase I think was about to say, hold up, I'll uh, I'll take us, I'll I'll send a snap to like T Cox. I think is what he was gonna say, or send a snap to the Snapchat group that he's in with us and has been in with us for fucking two years now. And uh, so I I was just like, all right, we're here, and this is when he started talking. So then Haley goes, we're already messing up, and I was just like, it's much better if you do than me. So whatever. And then we get into the interview. And like Bobby, after the interview was over, like Bobby's like, she was way more down to earth than I thought she was going to be. Like she was super cool, uh, wicked chill. Like the yeah, only after the interview was over, she sat around. Her and Chase both sat around, shot the shit with us. We talked about racing, life in general, just just 
some fucking mid twenties kids yeah. just shooting the shit, and I, that's where I kind of was like, you know, she is not like the rest of the drivers here. You know, every driver there is basically they're on their way out, and she's the only one that's on her way in. Yeah, and I was like, well, maybe that's you know, she. They're they're used to that type of shit. I mean, Chase was literally filming our interview too because they vlog everything. So I was like, oh, well, maybe that's probably why too. She was so down to earth is because we're just like her, except she's a famous race car driver and we're amateur race car drivers and podcasters, but right. Just like her. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was awesome. It was the best way to cap it off because after we had interviewed Bobby and we're walking off, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like that was a good day. Let's, you know, let's wrap it up. Let's go have some beers. You know, I think we crushed it. And then we interviewed Haley and shot the shit with her for like 10 minutes to her and Chase. And it Ooh. was just like, all right, that was even better because we're, that was probably the best interview we did. We're walking out and Chris is just super thankful, grateful. You know, oh, thank you guys. I'm so blessed. This is a dream come true. And me being the dickhead that I am, I just look at him and go, man, it's just another Saturday, man. And he was like, what the hell? I'm like, yeah. Like, well, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I, maybe that was kind of dickish to say, but I'm like, they put their fire suits on the same way we do. And then Brad, and I get back and we're crushing a couple beers and he's like, yeah, you know, you didn't even really realize Bob that we walk over and just casually chat with Haley Deegan. Like that's normal. Meanwhile, there are people standing in the street behind the racetrack behind a 12 foot chain link fence, screaming her name to get a selfie through the fence. And I was like, well, Brad, since you put it that way, maybe I shouldn't be such a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, that's a hell of a way to put it. It's also crazy <laughs> to think that that like it, it, any of those drivers would be could be standing there and someone they're going to be screaming the name from behind a chain link fence and they're just like I used to be one of those trying, kids trying so to pass like, a diecast through the fence. <laughs> yeah, to maybe yeah, get a that scribble. Shit, on that it. shit was going on all day, and we just walk up to them and just like, "Hey, how's it going?" Yeah, and they're okay with that. Right, and and it was cool too because Haley, after it was she was done shooting the shit with us, did go over and take a picture and sign for those kids. So, um, but yeah, no, it was that was the end of the interviews, and then we just kind of went up on the hill with the uh, with the Rainvilles, and they had quite the crew going on. They had they, they had beer pong, they had a bunch of food. We ended up kind of making that our home base, and all of our pals that were with us for the uh, for the weekend came over, and uh, we kind of just chilled there for a couple hours. I was I was I felt like such a loser, like that one kid at the party just sitting in the corner on his phone the whole time because I was very much just sitting in the corner on my phone the whole time, but it was so fucking hot and sunny out that my phone was like about to explode in my hand and I was sitting underneath the easy up in the shade uh just editing all the videos and I got all of them edited and uh then I started posting them on Facebook, got them a couple on Instagram uh for the stories and then started tweeting them out and just it was just it was a long process, but uh Definitely uh, after the minute I was done with that. I mean, I was sipping beers the whole time, but the minute that was over, it was all gas, no breaks for the rest of the Shh, weekend. Don't, really. don't let Scott Tapley hear that because he for sure let me in the booth to listen to race control uh, during the SK Modified race on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he told me, you can make one call. And I said, okay, 82 to the lead under every yellow. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, that, no, no. Like one actual fucking call. I'm like, oh. But why not that one? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. Yeah. I thought I understood the assignment. So that yeah. was cool. Super grateful that Scott was nice enough. They run, not that we already knew this, but they run a tight ship. It's well-oiled. Um, got to see, you know, how he raced directs. And I don't feel like what I do is all that different. Like a lot of similarities. He uh, also gets pretty wound up, which um, he's got a lot more going on than just go-karts. But, uh, he, you know, he's like me. He's a perfectionist and wants it done right and wants it done organized. And, uh, I did have to make a call. Um, nobody saw Teddy Hodgson spin uh, Brian Narducci on the last lap of the race except me. 
I'm like, eh. Theodore. Uh, I don't I don't want to be the guy that ruins somebody's day here, but uh yeah, twenty two kinda just flat drove through the ninety one there at the end. So I saw Tedward in the parking lot later and I was like, Man, you put me in a real bad spot and he's like, Man, I had a run, I wasn't backing out. <laughs> <laughs> well Yeah. Yeah, you'll have that on the mega jobs. <laughs> it was cool, yeah, the uh, the SK race there. We we ended up having uh I think for <laughs> a, the longest time there was f- like four out of five of the top five all had BFP stickers on their car, and the that's one like that, five that the, do. The one that didn't was Todd Owen, who drove to the lead, and Brad texted me and goes, where are you? And I just sent a picture of basically the back of his head from the, from the tower, and he was like, okay, cool, 81 to the rear. <laughs> <laughs> and he just kept saying that like four times until eventually Marcello got by him and then Kopchik got by him all, and... Yeah, but he's like, 81 to the rear. Like, can you do it now? How about now? Well, I was like, I knew Bob had one call to make, and I was absolutely shit-faced, so I'm just like, I'm like, I'm just going to keep telling him to make this call. 81 to the rear. Jump to start. 81 to the rear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was cool. Coptic obviously got the win, and uh, he had a BFP sticker on the car, had a BFP shirt on after the race was over, so we love to see that. And uh, then, uh, yeah, after we... Uh, well, actually, after well, Andrew Moeller won. Uh, yeah, he won on Friday. On Friday, I kind of forgot to say that one. That was the last one that I had on there from Stafford. But um, actually, no, I had Anthony Bello finish twice, uh, fifth twice. Sorry. Um, and uh, so after that was over, we we're all sitting in the stands, and uh, Junior texts me and asks, you know, do you, hey, do you have any room like where you're sitting? So like, yeah, yeah, we have room. And he's like, for four people. I'm like, uh, yeah. We could, I mean, because we could have definitely fit four people in there. It wouldn't have been like super comfortable, but there we were just all kind of sitting like loose. Like there was space in between all of us. And if you know, if I just like moved up or moved down or whatever, like there would have been four spaces basically sitting right right there behind us. So then we literally very very clearly see Marcus uh, Junior and Amanda come up through the stands we like very make it very clear we're waving and stuff and marcus is like there's no fucking room i'm like what do you mean <laughs> like what do you mean we can make room and then fucking junior sits down in the spotter stand and texts me couldn't find you <laughs> literally like right asshole <laughs> yeah like waving to me back and shit and he was like there's no room there's no room like and then he pointed up there and then <clears throat> reagan turns around and goes there is absolutely no one in the spotter stand i was like oh because no, the spotter stands obviously full for the sk race and that got over, and all the spotters cleared out. And I walked by, and I'm like, man, why aren't we ought to go fucking sit up there? But I just assumed like it was reserved or something. You know, nope, nope. We moved up there. A lot of room. A lot of room up there. Yeah. As opposed to the absolutely no room anywhere else in the grandstands. Yeah. No, there was a ton of people up there, too. Junior was up there. Uh, Marcello was up there. Narducci was up there. Kopsik was up there. Blanche was up there. There, there was-, was four or five random dudes that I assume probably got the same idea. Yeah, um, didn't know any of those guys, but they uh, they were they were friendly. They were nice. Yeah, so uh, enjoyed was... a nice ice cream cone up there. Yep, I uh, I did pretty much stop drinking when uh, when the SK race started, because um, I was like, there's no way I'm staying the night tonight. I stayed on Sean's hardwood floor Friday night. I went to floor. You went to floor, Bob. And, I also went uh, to floor. I woke up Saturday and said, I am too old and pay too many mortgages to do that again. So I am going to. Even one's too many to see. Shut her down at about 5 o'clock and um, just uh, water and chill the rest of the night so I can prepare for the two-and-a-half-hour ride home yeah. after. But Yeah, SK Race went off, and uh, we uh, 
couple times. Tried to give uh, Hirschman an extra extra boost by pointing him in the right direction. Didn't quite work. And uh, we uh, we actually also put Bob and I put money on Newman to win the race as well. Got to so. go the safety bet just in case we we both put fifty to win on Hirschman. His odds were something ridiculous, like plus one thousand or something dumb. Yeah. And uh, so now nah, fuck it. Put twenty five. I basically spent Rusty's whole rent check for the week on gambling, and. Um, Turned his 75 into a total 125. You know, I lost 50 on the Hirschman bet, but the Newman bet paid 125. So follow me for more um, property and financial advices. Just use your renter's rent checks on gambling. Yeah. I uh, I also, I think on last week's show, said Newman was going to win the race. So You did. Um, and glad you, that you I and JJ Vs both. It would have been, and Woody. Woody as well. Didn't he? Hard to pass on Kitty Stone. Yep. He, yeah. did, he said that for sure, yeah. which is hilarious. I think I think that he did say that that, was that about Newman. So, uh, yeah, I I, I was it would have been such a me move to pick him on the podcast last week and then not put any money on him and then he goes out there and wins. So yeah. glad that I I backed your bet after you sent money sent money and said to put it on him. So yeah, Newman ends up winning and uh, Bob went home. I went to the parking lot. Not a million percent sure exactly what happened on Saturday night. Uh, I know that we were all in the, out in the parking lot for quite a while. Um, Mitchie Bags had a little set up, I think, where uh, everyone kind of congregated again. It was basically the same crew as the night before. <clears throat> Josh Carey and Megan Fuller, both SK Light drivers, kind of tagged on along with us for most of the day. But yeah, I think Josh Carey I think Josh Carey came over, and at one point you did apologize, and he was super cool about you just saying that that uh, 69. Yeah, he took it with grace. Um, I didn't know a Josh Carey at all. Um, met him on Friday. He came up on Saturday. I said, I owe you an apology. He said, no problem. Then we proceeded to bond over our, our fondness of Hudson. He's like, you really like Hudson? I'm like, uh, you know, I don't. I just run real good there. <laughs> I mean, I love going there. I love everything about the place, but the racing surface itself is tough, but I just happened to go around there. He brought his modified to the Run What You Brung race last fall, and uh, we bonded over that and drank some beers, hung out. Um, yeah. He's a very nice fellow, and I told him that good luck for the rest of your life. All of your friends and fans will forever remind you about that one time you got upside down. Yeah. So Speaking, speaking from experience. <clears throat> so we uh, we end up – Bob, remember that? One time. So we uh, end up in the parking lot, same exact crew, I think, as, uh, as the night before, and uh, we end up just kind of chilling. We did make a couple references about maybe potentially Buddy over there uh, wanted to hang out again. Uh, didn't make our way over. Blaze went and did a wellness check on him, though, when as soon as the SRX race was over and said that he was uh, out of jail and ready to rip again. Was, <laughs> was back there partying. But, oh, shit. Uh, so I guess we should have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... We ended up just kind of chilling for uh, quite a while, and then uh, I don't know what. What? Oh, we. Oh, oh no. You, so this uh, is what you happened. ended up on the racetrack. <laughs> so this is what happened. Yeah, I was I was just trying to figure out what the fuck happened because I kind of forgot the whole entire thing. Um, yeah, we were like, let's go, let's go on. Actually, no. Every okay. So yeah, this is what happened. I had a piece back together. I don't have any notes from the night, and that is very crucial. You have snap stories. Every <laughs> single. Oh yeah, I get snap stories in like things sent to me from other people and I'm like, Oh, that happened. That's cool. So after the race is over, Swan boat comes over and this, like the crew that we had Friday night as well. It's all Swanson. And every single car, just, just in case somebody doesn't know what a Swan boat the, is, the more and more that the alcohol is going down, the more and more that every single car person or golf cart that went by, we were yelling, Mikey, Mikey! You got him, Mikey! So aggressively <laughs> that we 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 did that for at least an hour, and then we were like, let's just go see if we can get into the SRX pit. 
So we walk into the pits, take a right to go down towards the SRX pits. We see a golf cart coming with no lights on. We go, naturally, Mikey! You know who it was? Fucking Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) Ripping out. He was sitting on the back. He just gave us a wave, and they were going down to the camping lot. And I'm like, well, fuck. I said, I had said, I want to go have a beer with Michael Waltrip. I guess we're going to have to go out to the camping lot. Because I, I kind of assumed that he was going to go find like a fire or something. Just kind of go shoot the shit with some random, you know, random people he was going to meet. So we walk back out towards the car. And we're not even like to our cars yet. And we see the same golf cart coming back towards us. No lights on. And so we, we refrained from the Mikey the second time because we knew it was him. And so the golf cart pulls up. He stops. And he's just like, man, usually I don't like getting ambushed. But my but uh, I'm, I'm just glad that it's all my friends. He's he's like, he basically, he was like, oh, I know. He's like, I know some of you guys. He's like, I, I, I usually don't like uh, when when uh, large crowds come and gather around my golf cart, but it's just my friends. I'm just glad that we can all have a beer together. It's like, all right, fucking sweet, man. So he drives back into the pits, and then we were like, well, let's just go onto the racetrack. And I was like, well, someone had the idea. It wasn't me, probably, but someone's like, let's go get a picture of where Josh Carey flipped, like on uh, on the wall. And so there's a big rubber mark that goes up and then hits a banner, and it's just a whole fucking thing. So we go out onto the track. We get there's there's golf carts going all around the track. We're not yelling at these ones um, because I don't think that they would have enjoyed us being there. But they're like taking down banners and stuff. They're probably with SRX, whatever. So we go over, we take a couple pictures by the wall, and then I start walking towards the where the drivers come out on the racetrack. I'm like, well, I, I would assume that if the guys are out back having beers, like they're gonna be back obviously by their RVs. So like, wonder if we can get into the pits. So. I go up and I'm one of the first ones. They take the right, go to back down pit road. And then we're just kind of like standing there shooting the shit. And we have like a pretty big fucking group. Like there's probably like 12 or 15 of us. And at one point I'm like, well, if they're having beers, they're going to be back down this way. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go check it out. So the only person that came with me was Josh Carey. So Josh and I walk down in there. There's a circle of guys talking. Sure as shit. It's Michael Waltrip, Greg Biffle, Bobby Labonte, and Doug Kobe. So I walk over there and at this time, Doug and Bobby are talking and the minute I walk up Doug's like hey man what's going on just started shooting the shit with him and then all of a sudden you know fucking Bobby Labonte and Greg Biffler talking about you know the race and Doug's talking about the race from last year and you know Michael was over there and and uh I think Newman was right behind us Hirschman was behind us uh there's a bunch of guys that were all out there and it was just Josh and I for the longest time just having a beer and shooting the shit basically I don't know Doug was asking you know what we had going on what we were going to next whatever and then uh, eventually everyone else kind of made their way over and someone on a golf cart rolled over and told us that if we ever, if we wanted any Michael Waltrip beer, it was right in the coolers right next to, you know, his camper. And so we went over and we all had one. We all shared one and uh, kind of shot the shit with him for a little bit longer. He ended up, you know, coming out and uh, asked us, you know, what we thought about the beers. And we kind of talked about all the different options that he had, whatever. And it was just super cool. And, and there was at one point that I was just standing next to the golf cart and it was legitimately just, I was just having a conversation with, with Greg Biffle, Bobby Labonte, Doug Kobe, and Michael Waldrop was in there as well. And so I was just like, and I, unfortunately I left Doug out of the, uh, the tweet that I sent out, but I just got on Twitter and I just tweeted out, you know, it's super weird now that it's just kind of normal, like that I'm just drinking beers with these three guys. Um, and it's just something that, like, I don't think I'll ever really get over because it's just, like, how the fuck did I end up here? Like, literally, like, <clears> five <throat> years ago, I would go to a NASCAR race and I'd probably stand in a line for fucking three hours to get, you know, not three hours, but... To meet Jennifer Joe Cobb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely not. But <laughs> but if we don't have enough kindling for the fire out in the parking lot, I might fucking have to. Uh, but, no, it was just super cool. And it was, like, such a humbling experience just to, like, stand there and be like, wow, like, 
Wow. So, and yeah, those are nowhere fun. near the most famous person you've ever had a beer with this year. Yeah, not even close. And so, yeah. And I was a lot more calm this time with these guys because when I was having a beer with Junior, I think that it was because I was Dale freezing. Jr. Yeah, I had Dale Junior. I would have loved to have a beer with Mike Junior as well. I don't even know who I'd rather have a beer with. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have a ice, an ice cream cone with Mike Junior. I also learned I enjoyed two very good, delicious ice cream cones at Stafford, one on Friday, one on Saturday. And I realized as an almost 30-year-old male, there is no sexy or cool way to eat an ice cream cone as an adult male. Now you're deep-throating it. It just, I was uncomfortable while I was eating it. It was melting all over my hand. I was making a mess. I'm like, this is brutal. So what am I going to do the next night is go buy another one. Then then you're sticky, and then you don't know how to uh, not yeah, sticky, and yeah, then your face just, is it's like greasy. There's no good way to do it. You know, Ice cream cones are just not for adult men. Get a dish and a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of been on a big dish and a spoon. I'm a dish and a spoon, but put the cone on top type of guy. I got a sugar yeah, cone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need yeah. the cone. You just can't hold the ice cream by the cone. Right, right. Especially when it's 105 so what fucking you, degrees Do you outside. crush it? Or yeah, do you mix like, it up. Or you, you, what, the, the You do cone? like a scoop afterwards, or how do you do it? Yeah. The cone? I don't, if you just plop it like a fucking birthday hat on top. Yeah, you, I, I usually. It does look like a nice little hat. I yeah. usually do it. I usually <laughs> just, because they put so much fucking ice cream on there that my tongue can't keep up. And so then I usually yeah, just. Yeah, so you're just, just aggressively <laughs> just tonguing this thing, walking <laughs> through the crowd of a bajillion people. You're yeah. not a bowl liquor, Pe- are People you? are like, no, oh my God, no. <laughs> just a window liquor. <laughs> You're, you're not the you're not the type that gets really the dumb. <laughs> My dumb is hanging out. <laughs> Dude, Bradley, so fine line. What? Fine, we're walking a fine line. Yeah. Here. So no, like it's I can't. Did you even hear me up. call him a window licker? I did not. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's the like small it, bus. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the <laughs> it's like the line in bowling. The really just, short <laughs> one. <laughs> Bob just got the. <laughs> Your score is fucking null. <laughs> uh, what do you mean you don't ride the really short bus? <laughs> small, small bus. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> fucking should. Bob. Um, so you're gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> Why? I don't know. What happened? Uh, Sponsors can't be mad, but this show's unsponsored. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Cancel us? <laughs> Oh, oh, maybe. Speaking of golf carts and SRX, did we ever figure out who the two nice uh, young ladies were who for sure shouldn't have let us back there but did and said, oh, you guys are with BFP, and we're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, so we, we, we walk in, we get our media passes, which were just wristbands, but you could see everybody else had like lanyards with yellow cards. I'm like, that's probably a problem, but hey, if I've learned anything in this past year about- I like you own it. Yeah, it just, you're fine. So we get there, and they stop us at what was a gate. It weren't much of a gate. And one of them had already said, oh, you're the BFP boys. And that's when we're like, yeah. yeah I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> hopefully that's not a bad thing. So they're out there and they're like, well, do you guys have media passes? And we're like, well, we got these. <laughs> Great wristbands. She's like, yeah, well, you, you need these. And we're like, but we got these. <laughs> and pointed to our wrist. And she's like, yeah, I don't I don't really think I can let you back here with those. And we're you, know, you guys need media passes. Can't you, though? And I'm like, dude. Do we really? <laughs> so Chris is our, Chris had already walked in, but when he was waiting for us, he, he just, just walked. He in. just walked into the back. Well, he's got a camera, so he, I'm, I'm sure you can just he like looks, act like he looks dude. the part more than us two idiots yeah. did for sure. Yeah, and Reagan didn't even fucking have anything. No, he had a modified wristband, which was for the other side of the pits. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that'll so, do. So, so there, I was like, I promise we won't get you guys in trouble, and they're like, uh huh. All right, like, well, <laughs> just just behave and talk about us on the show. So yeah. Uh, ladies, here you go. No names, though, huh? No, I have no idea. Probably shouldn't give their names out, no? Well, we don't know them anyway, so. <laughs> no. No, that's good. Uh, yeah, so. 
And then we proceeded to walk out back where all the cars were. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And just walked right up to Bill Elliott. Very relaxed atmosphere. Like the the practice session. None of it matters to them, I feel. No, the practice session was three of them would get in and go run like eight laps. And then they'd come in and everybody would talk about it. And then three more would jump in and go out and run eight laps and then get out and talk about it. And then so on, so forth. Justin Marks, I don't think, ever turned a lap of practice. He was he was pretty late getting there. Um, Tony Stewart shook his car down for him. Um, and like you know, Brad had said earlier, it was a two-hour-long practice. I think they practiced for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely much shorter. And I guess I should have known because the first year was the first race ever. So it was probably two hours because they had a whole lot more shit to do and make sure everything and get, was good. So. They get the set of tires that comes on the car last them the whole day. And they can't really work on them, so what What do you need practice for? I was kind of bummed that we didn't run into your buddy Ken Schrader. Yeah, in hindsight, I don't know if he was there to hang out. He might have been there to test the cars and then go home. Um, I didn't really clarify all that. He just said, oh, I'll be there. I'll, but, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. We didn't see him anyway. Spoiler alert. I met, I met him on Wednesday. We flashed back to Wednesday of Open Wheel Wednesday. I had... Uh, I had originally lined up Kevin Nobley to come work uh, on my car for me. He bailed at the 11th hour, so I texted my friend Jerry Babb. He's very uh, knowledgeable of Seekonk. Figured he'd have a good time. Um, so I had him show up, and he was, you know, he has a real job uh, working on real race cars that require way more work than my shitbox. So he didn't get there till right about 4 o'clock, you know, half hour before our practice started, and he walked through the gate and was stopped by Kenny Schrader. Uh, him and Kenny must be friends, obviously, and... Uh, says, what are you doing down here? And Jerry says, oh, um, you know, my, uh, at the time, all, until Wednesday morning, all I had planned on was me and my 75-year-old grandmother going to Seekonk. I didn't have any help. Luckily, I had a couple guys jump in at the last minute. So Jerry says to Kenny, oh, I'm, you know, one of my real good friends from school, his kid's down here around the Super Modified, just him and his 75-year-old grandmother. So I figured I'd lend him a hand. And Kenny says, oh, that kid's a racer. And I'm like, that's the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me. <laughs> I don't care how this day goes. I am touched. Um, not inappropriate. Not physically. <laughs> <laughs> you probably looked a little touched with the ice cream cone in your hand. That wasn't until Friday. Friday. <laughs> um, so I'm putting fuel in the car before the heat race. And I hear, you know, Kenny has a pretty distinguishable voice. He comes over and how's it going? And I said, oh, my name is Bobby. Like, so cool to meet you, Kenny. I'm like, you're the coolest guy in this pit area wearing a fire suit today. And he looks at Jerry and goes, kid ever bump his head before? <laughs> I said, yeah, a couple times. He's like, yeah, it shows. I'm like, I don't care. I stand by it, man. You're the coolest guy here with a fire suit on. He's like, I'm just a guy with a fire suit on, man. And uh, so shot the shit with him a little bit. He actually tested, uh, practiced one of Bobby Weber's 350s. He's like, I drove one of these once. And uh, we got talking about it. I said, yeah, you know, my engine's got 30 races on it. You know, she's getting pretty tired. And he says, 30? Shit. It's just due for Val Springs, man. We run 80 on ours. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. Sounds like I'm all right then. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I love these crate engines, man. You can't hurt them. So it was cool to uh, cool to shoot the shit with him, um, which is I had asked him or told him we were going to be at Stafford for SRX. Yeah, hey, yeah, come find me, and then we never found him. But yeah, that was a bummer. But yeah, that was uh, that was for the most part that was SRX weekend, I think. And uh, made for made for TV events are tough in person. A lot of downtime. Like the SK race ended at six, and uh, they didn't start the SRX till eight. And uh, I'm impatient, <laughs> and I was not drinking anymore, so I was like. Uh, Okay, let's fucking go here. And then I forgot that it weren't starting until eight. No matter how impatient I got. Period. I uh, it was not gonna start any <laughs> earlier. I, I'm also very impatient. I was very much still on the gas. So I was over by the beer barn with a bunch of friends and uh made the most of it. And uh that was one of the I, one of the times I enjoyed downtime is when uh you can go to the Stafford beer barn because there's there's a 
good amount of people there, obviously. They have TVs, so you don't miss a minute of the action, and it uh, just gives you something to do. So I like the bar there and uh, the people. The atmosphere is awesome. So Fantastic facility. You know, Shout out to the Aroots for, uh, for letting us weasel our way in there somehow. Um, we certainly don't belong, but um appreciate the hell out of it it's great great show Every, you know friday night was was a was a great show and saturday was a cool show you know the pretty good your your racetrack's in a good state when the srx field was by far the smallest field of race cars we saw all weekend yeah yeah but charlie you did uh what did you do on uh, saturday <clears throat> well i did all sorts of things all weekend actually friday well, you boys were in connecticut i took the trek over to lee usa speedway pro stonks uh, twin 40 lap features for the pro stock or super late models or whatever you want to call them. Um, had 19 cars show up for that and uh, made sure that all of the BFP Black Flag Podcast Ridge Runners got their windshield decals. Uh, so a lot of them uh, slapped those on there and uh, again, kind of got my media credentials and just started walking around like I own the place with Lindsay and we uh, went over to the, the beer garden there for a little bit and hung out with Ben Basowski and uh, met met his lady friend there and uh then uh we the, apparently the nhstra uh has their own podcast and they do live broadcast events on facebook and youtube uh during whatever show they're at if there's a uh, bang bangers racing so we were over there and uh did the live broadcast with ben and uh those guys during the bang banger races and uh that was uh, that turned into kind of a kind of a show uh they had a uh, again the the twin 40 pro stock race there and so uh andy austin now uh former beatridge motor speedway announcer is now the lee usa speedway announcer uh every friday night so uh he had asked me to come up in the booth with him when the ridge runners were out there he's like oh it doesn't make a lot of sense for bfp to be in the house and not be in the announcer's booth when their own division's out there i said well all right that's fair enough so I went up in there, and uh, Dave Cameron, Dick Stomped the Field yet again, uh, brought home the win. Uh, just behind him was Chris Knox and some other buddy I didn't really know, but he knew who we were, so that was cool. Well, we sponsored the division. Yes. Uh, so sh- that was They should enough. know who we are. And uh, No, it was cool. We uh, I've never really seen that side of Lee uh, before, and coming from someone who's been there prior when I was younger, and the show was usually dr- long and drug out and just what the fuck is going on they really turned the place around they really have uh the only hiccup that they had was the start of the first 40 lap race where i guess the pit lady didn't know where they were in the program it didn't call anybody to line up so there was about five cars on the front stretch now getting lined up for a 19 car field uh and there was a gopher on the racetrack so they uh tried to get the gopher off the racetrack (laughs) while that was happening was he the little digger cam or whatever Uh, that fox used to have you can't say that I said digger. Oh. <laughs> With a D. <laughs> you dickhead. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, no, that was a, that was really the You're only You're going to cancel me. At least cancel me for something I actually said. Don't accuse <laughs> yeah. me of being a racist son of a bitch, all right? Fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, so, no, that was really the only hiccup in the program. So, Lee, like uh, like I said, they've turned a lot of things around quite a bit. Um, got to hang out in the uh, the front stretch there and then head back over to the bar. And uh, they had a great fireworks show, and uh, basically the first pro stock race. Uh, trying to think. Oh, uh, Ryan Green just absolutely just waxed him the first race, which makes sense. <laughs> Lee he had, is his best racetrack. Yeah, he, uh, he had Joey Dwyer helping him too, so that that makes a lot of sense. And then the uh, the second pro stock race, uh, 
Well, uh, Brian Kruzek and Jimmy Renfrew, uh, Kruzek and Renfrew each other the whole race, uh, beat, bang, bounced off each other, swapped this, that, the other thing. They were both upset with each other for basically driving the way that they both do in every race that they've ever raced in. So, uh, yeah. Sounds like a fun day. It was a hell of a fun race. Night. It was a fuck of a race to watch. They were just beating and banging, and then they get out, and then they're all motherfucking each other. So there was that. But, uh, no, they put on one hell of a show, and uh, Friday was an incredible time. I- I'm glad that uh, we get to partake in the things that we do over at Lee USA, and uh, Joe Bassett and Andy and team, they're-, they're doing real big things down there. So good to see that happening. And then Saturday came around, and I had said on the show last week that – and I quote, we will bring a race or we will bring a race car to a racetrack. And essentially what that had meant was that I hadn't had the opportunity to talk to a couple people uh, that weren't aware that we would not be going back to Wiscasset. Um, long story short, uh, it just it, it what'd you say, Bob? It, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's, We had this conversation before yeah. the show last week and a little bit after. And like you had said, it's nobody's fault. No, it's not anything against the Minot, uh, Ken Minot, the Jordans, Wiscasset, but Absolutely just not. just wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of people, um, whether it be um, now the Beecher just closed, they went to Star, they went to Lee or, or, or Wiscasset or even Oxford. Just People are finding out that it's not quite what they wanted or what they expected and trying to find a new home. It's tough. Sometimes you got to try somewhere else. It is, and um, just to reiterate again, it has absolutely nothing to do with Richard or Vanessa Jordan. They do. They're the only racetrack, or one of very few, that are investing in the racetrack every single week. I've never gone to Wiscasset, and it's worse than it was any other time that I've been there. It improves every single time. Ken Minot does an incredible job promoting the place. Um, he is essentially the the Dan Walker of Wiscasset, if you will. If you need to figure out what's going on with Wiscasset, you probably just check his Facebook page. He's he's that type of guy. Um, it is the family fun racetrack. They have a smiley face on their logo for a reason. That being said, the competition and, uh, some of the, the way that, uh, the competitors do go about their business on a Saturday, like you said, it it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Um, so we, uh, like LeBron said, we took our talents to Oxford and, uh, (laughs) or lack of, (laughs) or yeah, you get it. Uh, we showed up, uh, we thought we were just going to practice. So we didn't put a ton of effort into the car. And before we knew it, uh, Chris Smith, Bob Barth, Tyler Cox all chipped in and and got us four tires to, to be in the show. I've never really had that happen before. I I threw like a Hal Mary Facebook post out, not really expecting anything to come of it. And before we knew it, we were in the show and, uh, we went out there and all three practices as we should have on four brand new tires. We were, pretty much quickest in all three practices and uh the last practice we were about three tenths faster than the whole field and i was like basically just tweaking on the car trying to nitpick it and uh certainly over adjusted uh, like you read about and uh i only went up a couple spots in the race it was just way 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 too loose uh it was broadside all the way around the racetrack heated up the right rear way too hard and uh yeah but that being said there was a uh, 14 divisions on tap for saturday uh, so there was a combination of Hoosier rubber and shitbox tires and just all sorts of stuff all over the racetrack. and <clears throat> About six divisions of cars that had 250,000 miles on them and leaked antifreeze on the racetrack. Y- you get it. So, And it was also a million degrees outside. So by the time we got on the racetrack, it was just hot and greasy and slippery as it was. And pretty much kind of like your, your super mod race there at Seacong, damn near where everybody started is where they finished. 
um, which was tough. We we got up to fifth at one point because of a yellow situation. It was my understanding that Oxford races back to the yellow, just like the Pro All-Star Series does. Everybody was confused why we didn't get to restart fifth. They put us eighth. Uh, that put us on the outside, and I was just waiting for the bottom, waiting for the bottom, filed back into ninth, and pretty much, like I said, wherever everybody took the green is where we finished. Uh, Alex Smith absolutely walked away with it. He started up front. Uh, good for him. I think that's his first career win in the, the limiteds or super yep. streets or whatever you want to call it. Uh, cool trophies, too. They had little eagles uh, for the 4th of July, so kind of a bummer we didn't get to come home with one of those, but uh, it was the most fun I've had in the car in a very long time, uh, dating back to probably about 2020, 2019, 2020, uh, when we were, you know, competitive at Beechridge and, and, you know, bringing home trophies pretty often. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was reminiscent of the old days. We were in between Nate Barth and Chris Smith in the pits and everybody was helping each other and laughing and having a great time. And it was a lot more of what we were looking for when it came to the 2022 season. And, uh, We'll probably be back. I think that that's where we're going to try and designate our home to be. And uh, I think the the next event on the, the slate is going to be the triple header 250 weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <clears throat> so we can't use your trailer to sleep out of this year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, potentially, potentially not. But um, that's not set in stone yet. That's just uh, what we thought would be a good time because at this point we're not in any points. Uh, we've got a set of tires for each racetrack. So... Our options are open right now, and uh, like I said, we had a we had a blast at Oxford. Matt and Ashley they actually slept in the shop on an air mattress Friday night uh, to help get ready to get ready for Saturday. Uh, I've never really heard of a crew member that's done that too often for anybody, let alone a uh, little redheaded schmuck like me. Uh, so things like that don't go unnoticed, and uh, you know it's something I want to work hard towards to try and repay these people that have have all chipped in and helped me get to where I'm at, so that uh, it's not all for nothing because I. At the end of Saturday, I was pretty bummed out. I felt like I had let a lot of people down. It's it's hard to go from three-tenths faster than the field to just finish ninth. So part of that's on me. Part of that was, uh, I think, a combination of just over, over-adjusting, and it is what it is. But we'll be back, and I think we're going to have a good time. And Sunday, I don't know that I left the house all that much. So that was my weekend. You did because I saw you at a cookout on Sunday. Well, that's right. Yeah, we went to the lake, Spencer and Hannah's. We didn't do much there. Either. We picnic tabled. We picnic tabled. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Picnic table doesn't belong in the middle of the lake, but when, that's where we put it. When, pic- <laughs> when picnic table turns into a verb, it's it's going to be a hell of a time. And uh, we did we did do some picnic tabling. Uh, basically, what that was was exactly what it sounds like. It was a picnic table with four plastic barrels underneath it and a troller motor. and uh, with, a, with a car battery. <laughs> That got us and to the dock in the middle of the lake, and that was it. I backflipped off of the picnic table, never really thinking that, had that car battery went in the lake, <laughs> man, we're probably all going to be in trouble. <laughs> Hot water. Yeah, that would have uh, <laughs> uh, been a, a, a time. For sure, I think uh, all of our hair would probably still be sticking up if... Uh, we weren't yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very short-sighted on all of our behalfs, mostly mine. It might have been alcohol-induced. Yep, <clears throat> but that's all right. Uh, that does. Tend we were to all trying to throw the cornhole tournament, so we could just go go so picnic, go picnic table. Very gracious of Spencer, Hannah, and the entire uh, Morse family for having us every year on yes. their Fourth of July barbecue cookout deals. Yeah, this was the uh, this is the one year. So I've been invited the last couple of years. I think uh, I wasn't able to make it the last few because I usually do work on every holiday because we spent I spent so much vacation time uh, going to Florida, and this was the one year that I was like, you know what, 
fuck it. I'm not working on the 4th of July. Like I'm going to end up going to this party. I'm going to have a good time with all my friends. And I just don't want to have to work every single holiday. Like if there's one holiday that I'd feel like I should probably partake in, it's the 4th of July. So what do I do? I don't sign up for overtime, but I do get forced into work. So I uh, end up having to work on Monday. So Woke up on uh, Sean Foster's floor yet again on uh, Sunday morning, and uh, we had a tea time, actually. We've been planning this for basically the whole week. Uh, Sean Foster, Ryan Blanchard, Andrew Moeller, and I, we all uh, ended up uh, going out to a wicked nice golf course, um, and it should have been for the price, but we uh, ended up having uh, just a great day just out on the course drinking beers, and uh, yeah, just had a whole bunch of fun. Ended up uh, afterwards going to... Um, the clubhouse basically right there to have some food, had some dinner with those guys. And, uh, that is where, uh, we were just sitting, we were just sitting there. I don't think that we were even really like talking much about the podcast or whatever, but it was just, like I said, Sean Foster, Ryan Blanchard, Andrew Mole and I were sitting in a circle and Sean, and, uh, Ryan was right across from me and he just goes, man, I will say it. I've definitely met a lot of, well, a lot more people because of your podcast. And I started thinking, I'm like, oh, that's it's pretty cool, I guess. Like, I, I guess I never really thought about it that way, but I definitely didn't know any of these three people th- two and a half years ago. Um, and now, you know, they're three of my better friends. So I'm like, that's actually kind of crazy to think about. So then I just started, like, thinking about all, like, the group pictures that we had and shit. And then it just so happened that, like, right as we were getting done dinner and I was getting ready to get in my car and uh, what I thought head home, <clears throat> I saw someone post this, Trey Lawson. Uh, I don't know who the fuck that is, but it was basically just... Uh, he had made a post that just said the racetrack introduced me to people that became family. I never thought I'd have. And like the whole ride, like and what I tell you, what I thought was home, but was actually to uh, Dylan Estrella's house uh, because he invited me over. He was having some buddies over. We we're going to have a fire and drink some beers. And it was only 35 minutes out of the way on the way home. So plan on having a couple beers and heading home. That didn't necessarily happen, but we'll get back to that. Another um, example of somebody who we'd have never met. Yeah. If it wasn't for the podcast, I believe it was us three. We're just standing at Lee. Two years ago at the Oktoberfest, and he walks by and goes, huh, dudes with the podcast, right? Yeah, and now we're all friends with him. Yeah, right. So, and I ended up crashing his house that night, which is just, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see the, the community that actually really has started. But, like, I was thinking about it the whole right way home, and I'm like, man, I have, like, I've always felt, especially on the 4th of July and festive holidays and holidays where families, like, get together and shit, I'm like, I, I maybe have 10 family members that I see more than once within like a two three year span it's really just everyone gets together at funerals and it's even worse now that like three out of my four grandparents are gone because grandparents really are the ones at least in my family are the ones that set everything up so there's not a lot of time uh, that people get together so i just i usually like even on my birthday like i only had two or three family members reach out like it was crazy and then i had a million and a half people so i was just thinking about it the whole time and i'm just like Man, so I, I get home, I end up getting home on Monday, actually, and I, I ended up making that post last night, and I'm sure that anyone that's friends with me has seen it, but... Really really got us in our feels there, Bradley. Well, and and I, you know, and I knew that that was going to happen, That's so that's why I ended... The whole time I was typing it out, I was thinking about fucking Drake Bell just being like, dude, just chill out. <laughs> and I was just like, fucking, I just type in, type in, type in. And then at the end, I knew I was just like, I had to have to end with, you know, back to your regu- regularly scheduled dumb fuckery because I don't ever post shit like that, you know, usually for the most part, I guess. So I was just like, oh man, like this is crazy. Like I didn't know like most of these people in these pictures and, you know, I haven't met, you know, some, uh, some of them aren't pictured and, you know, some I, I haven't even met yet, but you know, it's just crazy to think about all these people that, you know, are now my family, whatever. And, uh, it, it, the more that I even thought about it, I was just like, damn, like, 
you know, there was, it was so many comments and texts and, and, uh, people that messaged me on, on messenger and, you know, people were re- being like, dude, the racetrack's definitely a lot more fun. Like someone said that to me today, like the racetrack is definitely a lot more fun now that you guys have like started the podcast. Um, and you know, like people that want well, enjoy it now. Cause we're getting fucking old and people. Well, yeah. And people <laughs> we're going to have to pass it down to another generation. Uh, people that do we hand the show off to somebody? <laughs> I don't think so. We're just like we're like jackass. We're gonna be like fifty two, and we're gonna be like <laughs> still doing this. I had an O'Doul's yesterday uh, by a fire. <laughs> <laughs> we're at the seventy eighth annual Oxford two fifty, and we're still shit faced. We're fifty four with grandchildren. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Jimmy was over there. Fucking my grandchild did a backflip off the stage last night. He almost friggin' Look, Johnny Clark's grandson qualified on the pole for two fifty this year. I remember when. Johnny Johnny won it. You guys remember that? <laughs> fucking Ronnie over there fell over yesterday by the fire. He was all fucking tipsy off his Welch's grape juice. Uh, um, so it was just, no, it was wild to see, like, the, I fell asleep right after I posted that for, like, an hour, hour and a half, and I woke up, and the, my phone had, like, blown up. Uh, it was just, it was crazy to think about. Then the more I thought about it today, it's, like, it all really started when we met Matt Swanson uh, at White Mountain. He was like, dude, you guys got to come to Stafford. You guys got to come to Stafford. And then... Uh, Everything has been just a giant proverbial snowball. Yes. Yeah. So, Absolutely. but that was really like where the snowball started getting pushed. And then, like, uh, even John Swanson at the time was like, "Dude, you guys got to come to Stafford. Do you, do you guys know Short Track Racer?" And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And he, so then when we go over to Stafford, we were hanging out by a fire with you know uh, the Fullers, <laughs> a and, bunch of people we didn't really know at the time. Right. Yeah. And like we were kind of those those weird guys. It was the day that John Swanson offered us two hundred dollars. We stayed up later than Holly, and we smoked her by like four fucking hours. <laughs> Still never got the two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Um. We I think we got a hundred of it, so that's fine. Um. But with interest, it's up to four fifty. Yeah. <laughs> interest, in, interest in inflation. With inflation. Yeah, but yeah. It, but John doesn't know it. Holly does because I'm pretty sure she took down the other hundred. But um. Regardless, no. I was like, then we met Sean, and it, it really did just all snowball. And it's really the snowball started two years ago. Um. So. Or two, two, three years ago. So it's just crazy to think about how everything's just happened so much. And I downplay everything. So it was just cool to, you know, at one point be like, oh, this is cool. Which all started before even any of that. It's like, Bradley, now you've ripped the tail off the lobster. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is and how, then you finger its butt. <laughs> and then that's how it really, really started. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, just to see like the community that we built, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, everyone, it, like people will message us, be like, hey, you guys going here this weekend? Yeah, yeah. And then they'll, there'll be four or five people that came with them. And, you know, they, their friends tell their friends who tell their friends. And then everyone's at the racetrack together and everyone's having a good time. So uh, I was having a conversation awesome. with Ben Tinker about how different racing is now. And it's like racing needs stuff like what we do to make it interesting. Like there's no way to attract the younger audience because I'll be frank, some racing is fucking boring. Yep. For, formula Un usually, well, and I, so you need weekend, but. you need different outlets and different avenues to make it entertaining and make people want to be there. Drive and, to survive. Well, <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with all right. So, for example, we have a live audience here tonight. We have we uh, do have children. Here. <laughs> we have Ethan and Brody sitting on the couch in front of us here, and when we were that age, a, a typical car on the road might have been might have been something you saw on the racetrack. And then before us, like when my dad or your dad raced Bobby, like you, you saw 85 Monte Carlos on, right. the, on the, at the racetrack, which is something that you could equate to on the road. There were places like junkyards that you could go and build a race car for 500, 700,000 bucks, whatever. Now you see what Tesla's Camry's and fucking two fifty pickup trucks. And that's about it. So how do you get somebody that is, uh, you know, short of these two kids here that are already invested in motorsports as it is, 
how do you get a 15 or 16 year old kid attracted to motorsports based off of what they see on the road? So I think that that has a lot to do with it. And then the people who do are, or who do go to the racetrack and make the effort to, to show up, you know, they, they're already going to be there regardless because either they know somebody that's racing, they're racing. And if you think about it, if you go to these racetracks, whether it be a super modified, a super late model, a super street, it's all pretty niche uh, to somebody who might not even know what racing is all about. So when you uh, have a, a, a trio of idiots like ourselves that say come for the race cars and you know stay for the people, that's uh, that's an alternative way to get them to the racetrack, I think. A lot of people that were saying, you know, it's like they were somewhat surprised at how personable we were at the racetrack. And it's like it's I honestly feel bad because I want to please everyone. But there's a ton of people that come into either our personal DMs or the BFP DMs or on, on any of the three social medias. And when we can't go and like meet someone or we go to a racetrack, we don't end up meeting someone. It's like, damn, like, you know, now I'm like, I feel bad because those people wanted to meet us. And it really like. It was crazy that when I was standing there with, with Michael Walter, Bobby Labonte, and, and Greg Biffle, I tweeted that out. And, like, I don't usually check Twitter. I have my notifications turned off on it. I kind of hate it. So and I, I clicked back on it eventually, and, and Kevin Boucher, Boucher Jr. had uh, responded and said, and it's crazy to think that some people think that same feeling uh, is what they feel when they're hanging out with you or the gaggle. And I was like, oh, shit. Kevin bought a hat from me at Seekonk on Wednesday and, you know, just, yep, yeah, sure, whatever, just. To me, it seemed like, oh, kid wants a hat, but then, yeah, I read that response, and I'm like, no shit. Like, to me, I was just blowing up tires, measuring tires. Like, hey, any more hats? Yeah, sure, no problem. Put the tire tape down, get them a tape. And then, you know, you don't even think, whether it be BFP merch or our merch, it's like, oh, that's us. Yeah. Well, that's our stuff. Yeah. and he, That is our names on it. He yeah. ended up hanging out with us for the, the whole night, you know, it ended up being, we had a pretty solid crew of people at Seekonk, and, uh. He ended up hanging out with us the whole night, and then as we were walking out, he's like, hey, man, like, like hope, hope you didn't feel like I was following you around the whole night. And I was like, no, actually. Like, the only time I've ever felt like someone was following me around was fucking M&M's at Snowball Derby. Um, I was going to kill but, him. Uh, <laughs> I was going to kill him. Yeah. It was, and that was, like, a, that was aggressive. It was like, dude, just do your own thing once, ever. Just chill out. You, you brought your own car. You had your own plans. Just chill out, man. <laughs> that's, Kyle, that's Kyle Bush, man. That's Chase. That's Haley D. Just chill out, man. <laughs> like if you just act just, like you sh- just Saturday, just man. act like you're supposed to be there, and you're not gonna fucking scare them off. It's like yeah. a fucking deer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not putting horns on. Okay. Or antlers. <laughs> so no, that was just super cool to see, and just um, all the kind words. Thank you all for that, and we're just uh, think we're just getting started. So um, we will just get started with the uh, the Patreon questions from the pals this week. Uh, I'll start off with Woody Pickcat if. The SRX series goes to Stafford Speedway next year. What or how should they pick the hometown hero driver? At where? Sorry. Stafford. Stafford. I think it's got to come out of the SKs. Nothing against Hirschman, um, but even he said it when we interviewed him. I'm not really a hometown guy. I'm not from here. Right. And that SK race on Saturday was phenomenal. Now, obviously, you can't have it on the day of SRX to determine who gets to go, but Friday night. Why not, though? Friday night. Could be. Practice on Saturday. Yeah. Take your seat out of your SK and bolt it in an SRX car <laughs> Saturday morning. So you you think it should be like a standalone event, like whoever wins this race gets to go to I, the SRX? I liked or? that they did that this year with the Sizzler. I even make it the Sizzler for SK is to be the event. Um, but I, you know, just give it a little more hometown flavor. Get one of your guys in there. Like I said, nothing against Hirschman. He deserved the opportunity, and he won the race that um, presented that. But... If you wanted to give it a little more hometown flavor 
and, and know that you're going to get somebody else in there. Cause like, I agree with what you said, Brad, they, they got to start turning over drivers for the series. Like I'm not really interested in watching Paul Tracy run fourth in these events. You know, you kind of need some new drivers and it was good. Newman was a new driver, you know, this year and, and he won, but yeah, third for you, PT was his best finish in an SRX car, I believe. So yeah. uh, after two years, let's just, uh, let's put him in the booth instead of fucking Willie. Um, I think that uh, you just take the best average finish from every open show throughout this entire year. Jeez, that would, put Woody, that would put Woody right <laughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> of everyone that has ran every race. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So so the point letter. And, uh, well, and then no points and then, for and the open. And then the, if there is a tie, the tiebreaker is most wins at Stafford. Um, and if there's another tie, <laughs> goes to the guy's uh, name that rhymes with hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing specific, though. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the next tiebreaker is something that you'd find in a children's movie. A character that you'd find in a children's movie. A snake in your boot. <laughs> if you will. Booze light beer. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, uh, yeah. yeah. It's same, a Friday night. Same guy. Yeah. I think we got it figured out. Yeah. They'll probably take our notes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the angel fella that I think Charlie read his name in, why we didn't know how to say it. How reggae. Gave us a, a, gave us a pronunciation. How Reggie? Nah, it's not that. <laughs> Wouldn't is that <laughs> no, how you would say it? It literally is that. That's how he said to say it. Nah, it's, it's not that. Uh, how Reggie? Believe re- that's how it is. Um, I'm gonna go with Jeruguay. Let's, let's just. <laughs> 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 it, it looks like it would be more like that the way it's spelled, but that's yeah. fine. Um, how does the SRX at track fan experience compare to NASCAR or even like a snowball derby? Well, I've never srexed, so and I've never snowball derbied. Oh, so I this did, is a I question did, specifically for Bradley. Well, I did well. say to Brad that it was amazing how when we were on the grid for the duels at Daytona, how chaotic it felt. And this SRX deal felt just like a bunch of dudes going to rip cars around a field. Like it weren't, there was no, no sense of urgency. It was wicked relaxed. And there was obviously like the crowd was pumped and there was energy, but. I feel like there's nothing on the line really for those guys. I don't think so. It's just just it's bragging a, rights. It's a job and bragging rights. So uh, is what what could you do to make it? What what would you put on the line for these people? I guess. Well, I, who I, already I think, have everything. I think the aspect of winning is enough. I mean, those twelve dudes that were twelve drivers uh, that were there all wanted to win. I mean, there was every single one of them wanted to win. There was no. Although Bill Elliott was was way behind in last place for a while, so man, it's probably time for Austin Bill to give it up, but. They all were trying. Like you could tell, Michael Waltrip dri- as hard as he was driving early in the race. Like, he wants to win. Like all those guys want to win. So it's not that they're not trying, um, but I just don't know. I mean, do you really want it to be high pressure, high tension? I don't think so. Does that take away from it? You think? I don't think so. No. I, I think that that's actually a good way to put it. Uh, put it though, the NASCAR race is absolutely chaotic. There is a metric fuck ton of people there uh, at all times, and I don't know. It, it can just. I like the, like, I like obviously the short track feel of, you know, an SRX race, and it's obviously a shorter race. You're not there for as long. And they do a really good job at hyping the crowd up, like you said. And, and it's cool for me. I It's cooler for me to see the people show up to Stafford, a place that is typically packed out. I mean, they have a lot of people there, but then you see the extra campers that are there for SRX. And you, you don't usually get, actually, I for a Friday night show, I would be shocked if you got any, but, um, you don't get any people that show up and then tailgate in the parking lot for a short, a quote unquote short track race. But the SRX race, you show up and like when we came out into the parking lot, Bob was driving and we were just sitting in the bed of his truck, like driving around the, the, the place, dude, there were so many fucking people out there with coolers, 
grills fired up, easy ups, just people sitting in the back of trucks. Music playing. Music playing. Like the feel at, at one of these races at a short local short track is just so cool because you get the local crowd that's going to be there regardless, and then you get a bunch of people that are coming from all out of state all around because they got fucking awesome bill in one of these cars. So it's just – it's I love the feel. I Like NASCAR races are NASCAR races. Um, I don't like the feel of NASCAR races because NASCAR races are – typically even worse for your liver than a local short track race so i usually feel pretty shitty um but so like i'm obviously i can't wait for the nascar race next weekend like i said but i think the snowball derby is i don't i don't even know how to describe charlie i've always been to a snowball derby but like it was it's crazy for these two races to roll in and like you feel when you're driving in like or you're going at least for us we go to races so often you feel like these are just it's kind of just another race when you're showing up but then you get there and you're like holy fuck like this is going to be a spectacle i i well again i've i've never srexed before but i have uh it auto corrects to sex in our phones every time you yeah put it. brad and i has talked about how we were almost telling everyone about the sex race this weekend and <laughs> yeah. that was almost a problem well i've never sex raced either uh but uh, no i think it's a race that, i'm always trying to lose yeah i well depending on what goes first i win every time but uh <laughs> The the uh, the snowball derby it's uh, in comparison to like the Daytona 500. There's something big on the line. Like there's a big payout. There's a label or a name to go on a label that lasts forever. You know, if you're going to Daytona for the 500, your name goes on a trophy forever for the life of the trophy. Um, you're for always in the history books. It, 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 it becomes a title of not only a race winner, but you're a champion. You're a Daytona 500 champion. You're a Snowball Derby champion. champion. You're, you know, you're, the, you're the guy that did that. It sounds like the atmosphere is similar to the sex race, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you're there just to see who wins the race. The What that means, what that actually does, you know, entails at the end of the day. I don't think it's equivalent to a Daytona 500 where you're either catapulting a career or you're, you know, restarting a career or you're putting a, a, you know, a pinnacle to someone like a Trevor Bain or right now, a Michael McDowell, something like that, where, you know, even though they didn't do a lot, they're still Daytona 500 champions. We'll always know that the person who won the Stafford SRX race in 2022, 20 years from now, are we going to be able to rattle that off the top of our head if we weren't there? No. That's that's one of those things. But yeah, it, I don't even know who's won the. That was the ninth race in series history, and I know that Doug Kobe won one, and I know that Ryan Newman won one, and I know that Tony Stewart won one because Brad yelled it at me um, yeah. on Friday. So it, I, I think that that would be the difference. It sounds like <laughs> the fan atmosphere is very much similar. It sounds like there's a a good time to be had at all three events. It's just that at, at the end of the day, what it, what is there to be raced for? I don't know. I I think that the, I the SRX the feel of an SRX race is awesome because it's it's a hometown feel and it's still as chaotic as it's going to be as a sellout it's not overwhelming like a NASCAR race can be um but yeah I don't know they're all they're all fun go to all three of them uh Kristen Smith said what's the best experience in a race car where you didn't win that race I mean, radio silence. I mean, for for <laughs> me, we want to win. For me, I I, I never won. So, um, the best experience was probably the one race I raced at Oxford, just because I it just seemed like it was more fun than uh, than Beechridge was. I raced twenty times at Beechridge once at Oxford. Um, I guess if I ever race again, I'm not gonna be able to race one of those establishments. So cool to say that I did it. But um, 
Went, went up to Oxford and was just pretty quick um, through practice. I was quicker than some of the guys that were uh, that beat me for the championship down in uh, down in Beechridge. So went there. I think we only finished like fourth, but there was a pretty hefty field, um, probably like 16 or 17 trucks. And I remember, I think Will Potter, who um, he uh, he had struggling throughout that season, got up got to me, and uh, we raced side by side for probably 15, 16 laps, and it was just like beating and banging kind of side by side everyone 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 held on to it and i think i finally got by him on the top which was pretty hard to do but uh that's probably the most fun i ever had for me it was first time i ever drove a big block super modified it was all i ever wanted to do my whole life you know i roll out for practice behind chris Purley and otto sitterly two of the greatest super modified drivers in the history of supers definitely two of the most winning drivers and then me and I just was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I do not belong out here with those two guys. And um, didn't win that night, but that to me was just, like, the culmination of my dad's entire racing career and my entire racing career at that point. Like, I finally got out there to do it and then to be, like, lined up behind two guys like that. Um, speaking of Chris Perley, might be able to get him on the show next Monday. Oh, shit. In studio. Damn. Uh, be cool to meet him. Yeah. That, yep. <laughs> they, they, I, uh, one of my sponsors, Scott Martelli, listens to the show, and he told Chris that the story of how I was telling him that you n- didn't even know who he was, and we were arguing about who was the greatest race car driver in the history of the world, and I got mad at you, and he, they all thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> oh, good. They're, uh, they're coming up this way to vacation next week, and th- think they might want to swing by, so I'll keep you posted. That'd be neat. Yeah. Um, that's Guy a, has got some stories. I think that's a really good question, though, because it, there's the caveat of not winning the race. Uh, right, we all love winning. Everybody loves winning. That's easy to say. Um, I have a couple, I guess. The The first would be my rookie season, 2011, the Sports Series. Um, we had somehow found a way to get in the Sports Series anyway. We didn't really have the money. We didn't really belong there. Um, and that being said, it was going to be one of the highest contested rookie of the year battles, really. It was going to be like me, Matt Dow, Sean Brackett, Laura McKegg, um, a few others that were uh, all going to be going for it, and most of which were previous champions and multi-time race winners and then the scrawny little redheaded shit that nobody had ever heard of. And it came down to the very last race of the season, and it was between Matt Dow and myself, and Matt and I got fucked up in a wreck on the last lap. Or not the last lap, the, the last race, uh, midway through the race, and... Basically, the way that Eatridge did the Rookie of the Year standings was who basically the highest finishing rookie in the points was the Rookie of the Year. So we had wrecked, and I pulled it in, and the car was pretty, pretty fucked up. And as I'm sitting in the car, I'm thinking we're done, and we just blew it, and this, that, the other thing. I swear a hundred fucking people came running down a hill and around the pit area slinging up dirt and this, that, the other thing to just get the car scabbed back together to get it back on the track so that we could – uh go out there and win rookie of the year and we did and we uh we beat matt dow for that and uh that was a pretty cool experience it didn't even come close to winning the race but we did win that and uh probably the second one would be a couple years ago hickory motor speedways kind of the kind of like bobby trying to you know you work your your whole life off your balls off to try and get to a certain point and for me it was getting into a super late model and we did the easter bunny 150 the first race and uh it was just practice day. It was the first time I'd ever sat in it with it running and, you know, going, going, doing laps and stuff. And my, uh, my father had just passed away the the February prior to that. And it's April. So it's still pretty fresh. And, uh, one thing my dad would always say to me before I go out, he'd, he'd give me a fist bump with like a, like a, what is that? The, 
the you get it rock uh, not rock on uh, fucking what is this hang loose hang, hang loose, loose. Hang, hang loose it's a hang loose and you well, know, they stop checking my emails and actually <laughs> look at your hands get knuckle bump and he says yeah you know what to do i'm like that's just what he always said that was his thing to me so i uh i go out there rip laps pull it in the the thing and i'm emotional as it is because you know to me this is you know like kind of like bobby was saying he's out there with you know his heroes i was out there with you know names i had watched my whole life you know the the the, the the big names of the the local short track community with the super late models and i pull in i'm emotional and i never even noticed it but somehow matt and ashley and i think brad might have been involved they schemed up this uh decal in quotes that says you know what to do and just said dad on the bottom of it and i didn't see it until somehow i was done with practice i pulled my helmet off and i saw it and i was a fucking it just absolute ball of tears mess but that was probably one that'll always stick out to me for sure Kristen also asked how my birthday was. It was great. I uh, spent at Dublin Rose, absolutely great facility. Went to the, uh, ended up going to uh, the casino after, like I said, and then we ended the night at a Taco Bell. So uh, ended up with uh, Josh Merrow, one of my good buddies, Blaze, another great buddy now. I think they both bought me a beer at one point, and uh, Bobby Pellin was there. Mike Perry showed up. Uh, it, was, it was a good night. So speaking of Kristen and birthdays, <clears throat> I'm not a big cake guy. Mm. Uh, both my birthday and your birthday, she made the same exact. Such a cake. Good, such a good cake. And it, as the kids say, fucking slaps. The kids have been Do you guys that. say that? Do you say shit fucking slaps? You can say... No, they, <laughs> well, they don't, say, they don't say that. All right, we, <laughs> we need new lingo, I guess. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was trying to be cool. Show's canceled. All right, that was episode... <laughs> uh, yeah, we are no I'm longer like... cool with the kids. <laughs> That's no. all right. I hate when that happens. So, um, yeah, birthday was great. And that cake is also phenomenal. Drop one off. Oh, just ate half of it for dinner one night so <laughs> <laughs> and we're not big cake guys i fucking hate cake <laughs> not it's a big disgusting. not a big so, sweets guy in general but i'm, that I'm big on so sweets it makes my tummy like rumble that shit is a good way. so good my and i ate half of it and my tummy didn't rumble so that's also a plus no bubble guts huh <clears throat> no that's no. good we'll have to talk about yeah but uh um, no. so cory russell asked what is your favorite non-alcoholic drink great question we talk have about. none Chocolate oh. milk. Yeah, water. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the only other drink I drink. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, uh, it, I don't know that I'll, I've had anything. I enjoy a milkshake. I don't know if that counts. I love milk. I, yeah. Love I, it. I am a big, I'm a big milk drinker. Big I, milk I'm guy. a big, uh, I'm either, Whole milk. if I'm walking into a gas station and it's the morning, I'm going to get a Celsius. I'm walking in at any other time, I'm either getting a water or chocolate milk. And that's it. I'm a big, it. uh, Alani new mm. energy drink guy. It's similar to Celsius is Celsius. Um, drink those out of necessity more than anything because I have to have caffeine. Yeah, I also basic like a, white girl. I like a double green alien from Aroma Joe's as well. Ooh, yeah, thirty-two ounce blue Hawaiian with a plain donut. It's a pretty slappable combination. Apparently, well, the kids we, are apparently saying that's that not nowadays. what the kids are saying. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys use for the word cool? <laughs> what's Ra- the What's the new cool? Rad. No, Bob, shut up. <laughs> I use, I use <laughs> Bob. It's not the nineties. <laughs> Jesus, I used that in an Instagram post today. <laughs> what would you say if you're like, oh, this donut? Is, is, is good. good. Damn, the kids are nothing. Uh, kids have lost their creativity. Wow, they panic. <laughs> we kind of we kind of put them on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> They'll think of one. Is it fire? Is, are they still using that? Fire, fire, fire. Yeah, and okay. fuego. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> <laughs> no. We hit the SAP button. Bob, on you're you. embarrassing <laughs> us. <laughs> fire, uh, fire. I like that one. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I say slaps. I don't kind of irony. If I don't, we're being honest, I don't understand Achilles. the slap. What does that mean? Like why? <clears throat> 
That's what a slap is. Oh my god. (laughs) Thank you. Is there a bug? Thank you. But like, what is like? Fire (laughs) means hot. Hot is good. Like she's fire's bad though. Like when nobody's house is on fire. fire. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Thank God that happened. (laughs) That was fire, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like all my belongings. So next time someone's house is on fire, I'm be like, that shit slaps. Sick, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Rad. Sorry about uh, your cat, but that shit slaps. Can we bring like gnarly back? <clears throat> or gnarly's like wicked. Wicked. Well we say I feel like we say that. Like anyway. gnarls Barkley. No. If it wasn't for that song, yeah, no one crazy. would know who that guy with a weird name is. That was definitely would be. a fucking one hit wonder. <sighs> who names it? their kid Gnarls? Gnar- I don't think it's on his birth certificate, Bradley. Gnarly, no. dude. <laughs> Rad. Rad I'm Charles. I'm gullible, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, Sean Miner asked, would you rather never win a race again or know the date of when your last one will come? Know the date, because then I can tell you the day I'm going to retire, and that's the next day. Yeah, I'll probably do that, too. I'd have to Because that party would be a real race. said know when your last win is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I would definitely want to know when my last win was going to be, because like I said, um, I'm going to retire the next day. What if it's already happened, Bob? Oh, no. <laughs> Very would be. I've already hit my yearly quota. I won at Hudson. I won once at Star, so I'm not going to win again until 2023. That's tough. Man, at least I know it. Well, I'm, I'm going on three years, so I'm about due. That's usually what I go. Going three. on 26. <laughs> Two, three years. And then, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Cameron Jackson said, how did this uh, this SRX weekend compare to last year's? Side note, nice to meet Brad and Bobby this weekend. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, this year, I don't know. It's hard because th- last year I kind of experienced the fan zone. Um the the fan zone there gets absolutely packed because the which is why I really, had no interest in going over there. <laughs> and I, and I knew that they they really roll out the red carpet for the fans and stuff. Like last year, they had autographs. They had an autograph table for everyone, which I assume that they had this year too. They had question and answer sessions. They had you know the modified guys out there on pit road, um, which is crazy because last year I didn't know a lot of the modified guys, and this year I do. The problem is there's just so many people out there, so I didn't go to check that out. Um, but that is a cool thing. And I, I think that they did the exact same thing as they did that, uh, that last year, but I don't know. I think they were all, they were very, very similar. Um, I think it was just, it was for me personally, they, they had it better put together because it was obviously not the first race ever, um, of the series. So, but same, same exact feel rolling in there on the race day. There was literally people lined up when we, to get in, I don't think the gates open until noon and, and there's people lined up to get in at 10, 10, 11, whenever we, we uh, came in, it was a pretty long line. So same exact thing as that. Same people tailgating, you know, it was just a lot of fun. Um, uh, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people coming back for the second year. So, uh, it's an event that keeps bringing people back and hopefully that, uh, hopefully SRX certainly come back. something that if I owned a racetrack, a short track that I would love to have at my facility. Yeah. Definitely, I don't think it's not by far a losing venture for a short track to get that series in there, and I'm sure there's plenty of racetracks knocking on their door trying to get that series there, and especially knowing there's only six dates. So, yeah, and I think that Stafford's uh, a really good facility. Like, I think the well, best facility to host it. So, I, I certainly I, got you know you you can't just have it at some hole in the wall slap dick racetrack. Like, no offense, Spud Speedway, but you're probably not getting a uh, SRX date. Probably oh, not. Like, you, you definitely need a racetrack that has infrastructure. Uh, logistically makes sense can hold a big crowd can have a production value you know like just the fact that stafford has the video board and superb sound system and all that like just adds to it you know they had super cuts and interviews and all this stuff they played on the board you know if you don't have a way to do that at your racetrack then you can't really have srx there right no it was a a lot of fun regardless i think it was pretty similar but uh 
I think I had more fun this year because I didn't really. I kind of just hung out in the, the uh, parking lot, drank some beers with a lot of the pals. After we, uh, we it was a work day, but we ended up uh, ending work a little bit early and uh, got to enjoy the day for for the most part. So uh, it was nice to meet you too, pal. I'm uh, glad that that finally happened. And uh, Michael Jervis said, "Did Bobby make good decisions at DP?" Uh, unfortunately, never made it. we never made it to DP. And uh, unfortunately, I'm a bad race director, Michael. Uh, didn't see you get put in the wall in the SK race on Saturday. None of us did. Nobody. Not even the TV crew. God damn it, Bob. Come on. It's like, fuck, how'd that happen? Pretty sure that I knew what happened without seeing it, but you can't make a call off. Like, I think that might have happened. Well, I thought you should have put the 81 to the rear. I was trying to put the 82 to the front under yellow, but they wouldn't <laughs> do that either. God damn it. Said that we could make one fucking call. I know. Uh, oh, what do you pick at, actually? Uh, to Bradley. There's a lot of questions to be in here. To Bradley. Fuck, Mary you Carol. read this one. Oh, no. I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a safe bet. Uh, yeah, so. Um, who, who asked that? That was Woody Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> that makes just sense. A couple Woody of, is he the, must have just stumbled across those episodes. Yeah. Woody is the official open modified driver of the BFP. We've, uh, we've claimed, yeah, him that's as, gonna, claimed him as ours. That's going to be a thing. There um, was a, there was no a offense, Mike Jr. You can be the other official just modified driver because you do SKs too, but. Yeah, Mike Jr. is supposed to race a 350 Super Modified at Seekonk, and then he didn't do it, and that car won anyway. I bet he feels dumb. The fuck, Mike? Yeah. Idiot. Uh, so he last needs six week, to nine business days heads up. Apparently. I missed nice. that uh, Tanner Woodard uh, won, the, won the open street stock race at Thunder Road. Uh, finished P2 this weekend, I believe, at White Mountain. Chris Pelkey picked up the win at Thunder Road, and uh, Devin Deshays picked up the win, I believe, at Star. In the trunks. At the trunks. The Nass trunks. Uh, so yeah. that was my that was my housekeeping for the week, and uh, now we got to do some NASCARing. Yeah, we got to do some NASCAR. So uh, before the uh, the NASCARing commences here with BFP, uh, I'm gonna bring us back to our weekly Puskis Pooper review. Uh, this is coming from the uh, the Carchi or not the Carchi, Jesus Christ, the engine tuner of the number two NASCAR Cup Series car driven by Austin Sindrick. This is Chris Puskis, also. My college roommate's brother-in-law. Uh, so Puskis Pooper Review. Again, this is the first time I'm reading it as well. So we're going to go here. Poop. <laughs> Puskis Pooper Review, Road America. Oh, my God. 9.3. Oh, is that a new high score? I think it may be. <laughs> wow. High score alert. Uh, 9.3. Wow. This is what dreams are made of, folks. <laughs> Clean, fresh-smelling, temperature-controlled bathroom with enough room to tear an engine down in here. <laughs> he, he must <laughs> have pooped early in the day. <laughs> Perfect height toilet and the sweet sound of Shania Twain's voice coming through the speaker makes me want to change my address to Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Two-ply toilet paper, but it's a little rough on the booty, but that's a minor detail in the beauty of this bathroom. I highly recommend everyone to come to Road America to shit. Thank me later. <laughs> 9.3 Puskis Pooper Review, Road America. Some wow. uh, Charmin. Is that a new high score? Some that Charmin. Is a new high Collect score. time. Some Road Charmin, uh, Charmin two ply or three ply, whatever. Two might've, ply just ain't it. Might have made that a ten point oh, but Bob, we've we've talked about the uh, bow, 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 the, the baby bow. wipes. Oh yeah, the baby wipes is the move. That's yeah. too too that's, expensive to stock in a public bathroom. Terrible for your septic system if you're not on public water as well too. But that's all right. Yep. That's all right. The baby baby wipes, wipes, kids. You'll have the baby bigger jobs. I feel like Doesn't the poops. The poops were kind of rough this weekend. A lot of cheese up in Wisconsin. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just yeah. did see Derek Nealon send us a snap of some curds at one point. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Derek Nealon, uh, he he made his way down to v- 
<laughs> Victory lane. Two spotter pals aboard the uh, the box, yep. uh, the tower. I mean, for the eight car, Tyler Reddick picking up the win in the uh, NASCAR Winston Cup Series event with Derek <laughs> Nealon and Brandon Wilkinson spotting for him. Oh, sure. Now uh, should have what? Brandon Wilkinson coming up a little bit later on the show. If not, then uh, I will just cut this all out as well. I already have something to cut. So perfect. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I didn't see it. I've heard things though. I watched the last two laps. Well, what did Noah do? <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting into Weapon of the Week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happened? So I, I have yet to see it, really, but so, I heard he made a fuck of a mess. It was fantastic. So, so they got... Uh, they were going down a straightaway, and um, there was no right-hand turn. Um, and Noah was like, you know what? Fuck it. There should be. And uh, fucking <laughs> hung a right, bounced off Sage Karam, spun himself out, and then half the field fucking went piled full up. eye racing and was like, well, I'm reckoning you might as well all will too. Yeah. I see it. Uh, everyone went, I see a bunch of smoke and dust. You know what I'm going to do? Absolutely fucking gas it up. And, uh, everyone just fucking wrecked. And it was to the point where like my friends who obviously know that we're friends with Noah were texting me, you know, saying fucking Big what oof. the hell was that? Like Noah's just like wrecked half the field, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, like it's our fault. And so then somehow in the night, like I got drunk and texted. I, t- I snapped Noah a picture of something, I think. A and picture it was, of someone wearing his T-shirt. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Okay, so I was trying to figure out why I even brought. I, yeah, someone wearing Noah Gregson T-shirt in the stands at Stafford. And then he responded with, yeah, I'm the weapon of the week this week. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, you just saved Ronnie Williams because I assume Bob will use him. But actually, I like, no, I wasn't going to because um, I have a great one. Um, but the Ronnie Williams deal was Friday night, and it really wasn't Ronnie being a weapon. They were just racing hard. Him and Narducci, and and uh, he whistled it down underneath Narducci, and there was grass clippings flying, which to me means you're probably too low. But they were racing hard. They both ended up crashed. Um, a lot of uh, it's not my fault. Well, it's not my fault. Well, it's not my fault. Well, both of you ended up with wrecked race cars. So regardless of whose fault it was, you both lost. And uh, that was when Brad and I had the hot mics. And I said, there ain't no grip down in the grass clippings, my dude. Yeah. Um, but uh, my weapon of the week is a fantastic one. Comes out of the Oswego Speedway, home of the Super Modified. 350 Supers running on Saturday. 30 laps. Okay. 30 laps. This seems like a key piece of information. You know what's awesome about racetracks? Is they got a guy who stands on a stand and waves flags at you so you know how many laps are going or how many laps are left. There's also a big scoreboard. So Mike Bruce starts on the front row, leads every lap, takes the checkers on lap 30, races all the way back around where the lapped car that was about two car lengths in front of him is now taking the checkered flag, and he's still going. Digging. And they go down into <laughs> one, and they come into the two-turn, and now the guy who finished last on the lead lap checks up because the race is over. <laughs> Mike goes right over the top of him and buries the thing into the styrofoam oh, and destroys no. the car. Absolutely destroys the car after winning the race. Now, Mike Bruce, I've raced with. This guy has wrecked a lot of shit over the years. Um When's the race, though? I mean, okay, was, he kind of just said, I thought the race was 35 laps. Okay, well, got to kind of pay attention, my dude. But, benefit of the doubt, um, he wins the race, gets DQ'd for illegal fuel. <laughs> oh, no. So not no. only did you destroy your race car for no reason, you got disqualified for using illegal fuel in a crate motor. <laughs> uh, 
pal. Like, man, Dude, that, ain't, that tough, ain't what you're looking tough for. Look for the kid. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> Oof. So I, <sighs> I just I watched all that, and I'm like, I can't not bring this up. I mean, that is just a fantastic story. Man, that, that's, that's incredible. Um, they might not fire, think so. if you will. Oh, they may yeah, not think it's right. fantastic. <laughs> Their car owner, the car owner, Rich Worth, is a super nice guy. He loves my grandmother. Loves me. He's been super nice to me. So. Hate to rag on them guys too bad, but man, that is just a full fucking weapon day at the racetrack. Yeah, that's a that's Tough. a compound weapon, if you will. Winning is awesome. <laughs> Wrecking your car sucks. Getting disqualified sucks. Doing all of it is what what a what a whirlwind of emotions. <laughs> that was a fire flame emoji sixty nine weapon you had there, Bob. And nice. you have it was <laughs> and nice. fuego slaps, dude. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> And and sw- and flaps. Fucking fuck. Oh, gnarly dude. later. <laughs> Can't wait to fucking. Do the kids know what that means? <laughs> can't, can't wait to gnarls my Barkley later. <laughs> Does that make me crazy? Oh no! Uh, Any weapon, Charlie, or was it me for just saying that right there? It might be you. <laughs> it really might be you. Uh, no, no, that, yeah, no, it's you. It's you, Bell. <laughs> I mean, you did. What a great name to fucking use in. You did say place uh, a hand fire that <clears throat> you found a cell phone or a hot tub on the cell phone floor earlier. So. Yeah, I had myself a fucking show, boys. No, we're not done <sighs> yet. Maybe. Yeah, it's only to do picks. I can, oh, right. Yeah, so Tyler Reddick won the cup race. That's cool. I watched the last two laps. Good for Derek. Good for the team. Randall Burnett, the crew chief for Tyler himself. Um, it was a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and I was not watching fucking NASCAR. I can tell you that. Had that, had my cell phone propped up in my water glass. It, well, not in my water glass, but uh, <laughs> your water. I had, your I had water my water glass. I had my water glass. <laughs> I had my water glass propped up on my cell phone, so I could fucking watch. Uh, <laughs> I could watch the end of that race. We were watching it in this uh, very nice eatery, uh, you at this could, golf course that was definitely closed. You could uh, race the end of that watch. I was the, <laughs> I was the only one in the uh, eatery that was standing up and clapping when uh, Tyler Reddick won. Slapping, slapping, yeah. Slap, and slap, slap. Were you, flap, were you I was firing? <laughs> I was barkling my gnarls. <laughs> were you slap firing it or whatever yeah. Ooh, the kids say? That's not how it fires. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get a misfire. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's, how you have a misfire. It's fap, not slap. <laughs> right. No, it's not that. That's what the kids are saying nowadays. No, I thought it was wop. It's not slap. Well, that's something different. <laughs> Certified freak seven days a week. <laughs> that's something I've never experienced before. <laughs> That's the wrong hole, Brad. Oh! <laughs> Fuck! We're falling apart. <laughs> oh, the rails are missing at this point. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, what, what are we? Where, what where are, are they we? racing? They're uh, doing Atlanta things. They're Nas. They're Nas landing. Yeah. Uh. So this week in the picks, I lost. Oh. Um. I had Christopher Bell, he ran 18th. He was in the top 10 early in the day, but didn't transpire very well, so he finishes 18th. Charlie finishes second. I'm sorry, Brad wins with the two-car. Boston Sindrick finished seventh. Charlie finished ninth with A.J. Allmendinger, so the updated standings. Brad has 20. Excuse me, four points. I was last with ninth. No, you were second to last. Oh, oh. Sorry, I said that in a very fucked-up order. Uh, Brad leads with 24 points. I'm second with 38, and uh, Charlie has 39. 14 points uh, to make up with 17 races left is tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I get to go first in Atlanta. Uh, still want to save some good cars for the end of this one. Looking through the results of the last Atlanta race. I mean, Corey LaJoy finished fifth, but that's certainly that's, a, that's no, a dumb pick do to make. Uh, but I will take Daniel Suarez. He finished fourth. So. I'll take Christopher Bell. 
Get uh, Dan out of the way here in the stretch run of the season. Bradley will probably pick the winner of the event because that's just what Bradley does. Dan Suarez and Christopher Bell. I will go with already halfway through the season, right? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, uh, mm, now he's a fucking weapon. Well, they're all weapons. See, I've act- I haven't even used Dan Suarez yet, so that's uh, I think that's I've used convenient. him twice. In the twenty car of Christopher Bell, you have not used. You do. You have used Dan Suarez twice. Give me, uh, give me Bubba, Bubba Wallace, Bubba. Wubba ball, wubba ball. <laughs> you did start to say wubba. Bubba wubba. wubba. <laughs> Give me wubba. Uh, you've used Bubba once. He got you a 17th, um, which was Talladega, right. and it was still good enough uh, for you to win that week. So. <laughs> well, it's going to be another Talladega-style race. I was I was in between him or, or Dick Stenhouse, but uh, old Dickie's pretty good at Talladega, too, so maybe we'll take him down there. Talladega. They're, uh, like you said, at Atlanta this week, so I probably won't watch because I think we all have plans on Sunday. So with that being said, fellas, what's going on this weekend? Friday yeah. is Bartlett. Yeah, we're back to the go-karts. We're back to NASCARing at Bartlett Bridge Raceway. Uh, Ethan Walker over on the couch there. He'll be NASCARing in front of our very own eyes. Uh, anybody who hasn't been over there is certainly a good opportunity to head on over this Friday night, watch your next generation of local superstars uh, hopefully not suck and uh, do cool go-kart kid things. If you're listening to this and you would like to go, tell us because I have a free pit pass Whoa. to give away. Whoa. To this Friday night at Bartlett. Helpful if you've never been. If you've never been and you want to go, let me know. If you go every week, just pay the ten dollars for your pit pass. You cheap yeah. fuck. Fair enough. But, uh, but I want to get want to get a new face over to Bartlett. Saturday. I brought my girlfriend the last time we went, and uh, she loved it. So Saturday, I think we're all doing different things, right? I am going to. Wiscasset International Speed Sport Way uh, to do uh, Eye in the Sky things for Kevin Iannarelli. The iRacing car. The iRacing base paint scheme car. Modified Racing Series. In the Modified Racing Series. And uh, that's where I will be Saturday. Saturday I'll be at Star Speedway, 350 Super Modifieds. I no longer get the uh, pleasure of starting up front since I won, so I'll be coming from the back of the field. So there might be actually be more than just one car passing everybody this week. There might be two. Probably not. Back to front's always cool, except when you're wiping. Do not wipe back to front. <laughs> <laughs> Who is doing that? <laughs> do the kids do that? What? <laughs> oh, my God. That is talk about fucking egregious. <laughs> talk, talk about your stupid hanging out. <laughs> that's like a that's a whole other procedure to do it that way, isn't it? You're fucking <laughs> mount yourself, basically. <laughs> your fucking whole short bus is hanging out of that. <laughs> really small bus. <laughs> Smallest of buses. Really small. It's bus. basically just a town car at we've, this point. We've done a lot of polling on today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't for soup. Uh, I'll be at Oxford all weekend. <laughs> be at the uh, parking lot. Nice change of pace. 45 minutes north, not three and a half hours boy south. Boy, did we do some driving. Holy fuck. Seacock on Wednesday. Yeah, fucking <clears throat> Stafford. Yeah, I'll be at Oxford on Sunday as well. Catch uh, catch Bradley and I in the Pash Crad on the turn one. Bradley will probably be working yeah. on me from uh, from interviewing some of my childhood heroes to working a bar with Meg Cooks in real fall from grace. <laughs> so, 
uh, <laughs> Sunday, I'll also be with you boys at the, the Oxford Plains Park. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so is this either the end of the show or we might talk to B-Wilks? Uh, we're going to talk to B-Wilks. Did you say you were just going to FaceTime him or are we going to do the Zoom deal? Yeah, it's going to be Zoom. What if we all just get like on a Snapchat voice call with him and just did it from right here? Should we try to do that? Do you want to? We help? absolutely should get it. Try to get it. Get it on video. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Hold on. I will. I'll start a new group. You guys chat amongst yourselves while I try to get this going here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, we're, oh, you're. Oh, oh, okay. I am not Snapchat friends with him. That's a problem. Oh, no. Jeez. So I guess you're going to have to do it. How the fuck am I going to add a make a group? Hang on. Hang on, boys. So how about them Red Sox? If this is the new way to do interviews, we're all just going to be doing this from now on instead of Zoom calls. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus. Hey, your short bus is hanging out. Really small bus. Did you guys enjoy the show, children over there? Children. Did we swear too much? Your ears bleeding? Y'all have to join this? There we go. Uh, Charlie's a, in here. Is this a Wilkes? No. Nope. No, nope, that's oh. an everyone but Wilkes. That's us three. That's us three. <laughs> holding a phone why are we doing each this? Other. Oh, man. I don't know why we're doing this. It's super echoey. It's the it? most echoey thing of all time. We're not doing that ever again. <laughs> yeah. That was a terrible idea. Hey, terrible. you know what? You know what? Now we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We had everything hanging out at that point. <laughs> <laughs> we were me when I came oh, out of the fucking hot that tub. Was, that was, <laughs> that you know was, what, you know what, that was, that was wiping back to front. <laughs> you know, in theory, that was going to work out better in my head. Wiping um, back to front? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, you get, that's how you get poop dick, Bob. I know. I thought that we could just do that instead of ending the show and then one of us going upstairs and doing a Zoom call. It's, it's fucking almost 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wilkes is actually loading up. He just messaged me. So uh, we're perfect. We're, right, so well. congrats to them. Well, I guess win. you can do it and we'll just sit here. No. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> no. No. He uh, he said that he can't talk right now and he asked if we could do it tomorrow. So. Oh, I thought you meant the Zoom call was loading. No. Oh, he's loading, no, he's loading the car up. Yeah. Oh, I think he's at, he's at Nashville. Oh, oh thank. Yeah. That's way With. easier. Maybe yeah. we'll Geo. We'll get it done. Yeah. At some other point in time. Yeah, we'll do it. So we'll this is shout out B Wilkes on your on your cup series win with And Derek uh, and Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's good to see some pals. It's cool to see a kid win a cup race that I was drunkenly digging a ditch with at Loudon. Not that he was drunk, but I was drunk and we were digging a ditch at Loudon. Yes. Gotta get the water run out of the campsite. Yeah. And uh yeah. The cool, cool to see the uh the fella that I actually so yeah quick story I, I when I was in Dover I was hanging out with Reddick obviously um, posted the picture if anyone saw it on uh, my Instagram of uh, Clint Boyer taking the selfie of uh, him Reddick and I and uh, I I said to Reddick as a joke I was like I you didn't didn't even follow BFP back on the, the socials because like whenever he sees me he recognizes me and comes up and shoots a shit which is the only cup driver for sure that ever will do that ever. Um, in my opinion, but he comes over, does that. And so I was just like, oh man, like at some point then I'm like, you didn't follow the BFP page back. And I was like, actually, you didn't even follow my personal page back. He's like, ah, oh, damn, man. That like, makes you sound so desperate. I was, I was like, yeah, I just can't, it was in conversation. Or we were talking about fucking Instagram or something. And, uh, I was just like, I yeah. said that knowing full well that I did the same shit to, uh, Max McLaughlin. I was like, Hey, you don't follow me back on anything, which is also <laughs> equally as desperate. So I'm yeah. not making fun of you. I'm just making, well, fun maybe, of us. maybe if we say that to more people, they'll get a win. He's not making first fun one of, of you. He's year. making fun at you. Um, so, yeah. So I asked, I told him that I was just like as a joke. I was just like, ah, you didn't even follow me back. And he's just like, ah, dude, I'm so bad at that. He's like, I will for sure. 
Never did after Dover. It'd been well, also, two months. Like, they have PR people who like take control of that shit, so I assume that they don't see three quarters of the notifications. Oh, yeah. No, that for they sure. <laughs> for sure. But uh he didn't um follow me back until he followed me back on my birthday and uh then went back and uh, or went out and won the race this past weekend. So my mm. birthday was obviously Wednesday. Uh, uh B is calling us back. is calling us. One of us should probably answer this. Oh boy. I got uh, it. Hey man. Oh, uh, we were gonna try to interview you over Snapchat, but it sounds god awful. Um, well, I mean, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't for me, but I don't think you'd be able to hear me. Can you hear Brad at all, or just me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear Brad. Oh, all right. Well, do we want to interview him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, tough because uh, I know that you're busy and you're loading up for Nashville this weekend. But dude, tell us about your weekend. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of crazy. I. Uh... Yeah, you know, we've been doing this for three years now, so you know, anytime you get to do one of those races, it's super special. Obviously, they're there. Assembled a pretty good team with me, Greg, um, the guy that owns Off Access Paint, and uh, obviously him as as the primary guy. And we've been doing this the last three years, so it's been a lot of fun. But uh, you know, you, you all you never take for granted the, the opportunity you get. But you know, most of the time you're just happy to be there. But you know, this weekend was just. It felt a little different from the start. You know, we all went out to dinner Saturday after practice and qualifying, and we've never done that in the three years that we've, you know, done the deal, and it just felt, you know, different from, you know, the drop of the green. You know, it was just a, a different Tyler, you know, the whole day. So I, it was just, it all aligned, and it was just a, a really perfect day, honestly. Did you guys all go get wicked drunk after? Um, no, my... Uh, my girlfriend came with me, so we drove five hours home, and I hopped on a on a plane Monday afternoon to get here for Nashville because we tested all day today for the Masters of the Pros race this weekend. So, nope, not me. Derek went home on the team plane, uh, so you can only assume what happened there. But yeah, yep, not nothing for me. So we we obviously heard uh, heard you clear him for the the lead there, which is super cool, and obviously something you're going to remember for uh, the rest of your life. But. Uh, did did you guys see? Was it you or was it Derek? Uh, that did you guys see Austin Dillon uh, when uh, when he blew a tire or whatever happened to him? And because uh, while I was watching the race with Blanche, we were pretty uh, certain that something was going to happen and something had to go wrong because it seems like everything's gone wrong for Reddick. And when we saw saw Austin Dillon, we were uh, quite panicked there. Do you guys see him at all? And uh, what was going through your mind there? Yeah, it's just I don't know. I said on channel two at one point like there's fireworks going off in the background, but um. It's just, it was like the longest 15 laps literally ever. And, you know, with this, I did this late model deal full time and we've lost like 40 races this year on restarts in the last two laps. So I figured there was something destined to happen. And then there's a video of me pacing back and forth, which I really shouldn't have, but, um, you know, I'm just pacing back and forth and all of a sudden Austin blows a tire, like as we're coming to the white. And I know that, like, I knew already that Derek was standing next to Austin spotter because they're like they're really close friends obviously and we're all teammates but um Derek was was hollering at Brandon to get their car off the racetrack and um obviously Austin made a, a really smart move to you know not put you know too much debris on the racetrack and and got off and out of the way so that was obviously ideal but yeah that was um that was a pretty hectic 30 seconds for me um I just saw it on the big screen and it was just I figured that was just par for the course. It was it was bound to happen. But no, just obviously that was ideal that he got off the racetrack. But I I agree. I I thought you know some way somehow something was going to happen. But no, it didn't. 
Well, I'm full of uh, a hectic 30 seconds, and uh, I'm glad nothing happened. And congrats on your first Cup Series win. Know you're busy, and uh, uh, hopefully that there's many more to come in your career. Love, love seeing you succeed, pal. Yeah, thanks. I, um, you know, just I told Derek this the other day. I think the sweetest part is is him and I are both just short track guys, and, and Greg too. Um, our third spotter is just a, a helmet painter and a dirt racer. So I think you know, for me, the coolest part was that three short track guys you know, got to win the race on Sunday. And there's obviously there's, there's a lot more people that deserve this more than I can speak only for myself, but you know, than I do, but obviously just really fortunate and, and really thankful for everybody that believed in the, you know, just the kid from new England. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, a lot of people that are doing the grind every week, no matter, you know, who they are, you know, that maybe they can be a little bit more motivated just to, to make the right decisions and do the right things. Cause anything can happen just, you know, with a little bit of luck. Cause my whole deal with Derek was just, you know, it was just a little bit of luck and, and timing and, you know, just, it all worked out. Well, we appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, get back to helping load up or whatever. And, uh, hopefully you enjoy the, uh, the rest of your night and hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Yeah, Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Cool, man. See ya. That, well, was, that cool. was easy. Top-notch yeah. quality product there. As I was, <laughs> my hand was shaking holding my phone for that long. Yeah, day. looked like me trying to interview Awesome Bill. One of the speakers in this is blown, so I had to go by like the top speaker. I was saying the front of the mic, not the back. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. It's a circle. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> no, I think that I think that it picks up on. Yeah, I think it, it picks up too. on the back. But uh, yeah, that was B. Wilkes picked up uh, his first Cup Series win as a spotter. Uh, doesn't get out all that often so it's pretty cool pretty good ratio he's got going on uh, obviously blanche picked up a win in the trucks the trunks a couple weeks ago so a couple of the pals doing good uh, up on the stand and uh obviously yeah, Derek for them getting yep. uh, getting another win and not his first in the cup series but his first with tyler reddick yeah so cool to see a little bit of home ties yeah Is that episode 174 well, i think that'll do it team episode 174 ryan Moore. ryan fuck you <laughs> i don't know many other 74s carrie thibodeau yeah. Oh, that's a pull. <laughs> that is a fucking pull. There was a modified number 74, like a John Viscon. Wasn't there, is it one of the Curtises of 74 on a truck or something? Oh, yeah. Uh, is it John Curtis? Johnny, ben, uh, Johnny Benson runs the Isma Super number 74. Because he was the, he's a 69 now, but used nice. to be, I think, a 74. Nice. Yeah, I don't uh, know. That's a, that's an interesting one. Not not a lot of 74s. Ryan Moore, definitely the most prominent one that comes to mind. Yep. Um, Do you guys know any number 74s? No. No, it's not that. No. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to go make some steaks. Steaks? Damn. You want some steak bread? Too bad I already ate dinner. Not tube steak. I'm going to edit the rest of this, and then I'll be up for some steaks. I thought it was tube steak. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Race car, race car. Here we go. Race car.